Geek Shock. Geek Shock. I was actually watching people quote play croquet at a hundred circle park. That uh, must have been wow. <laughs> exhilarating. What a life. Yep. Is Huntridge Park still as dangerous as it looked? That's uh, kind of the point of this. Ago? They're actually, okay. they're actually uh, gentrifying. It's, it's, it's closed after 5 <laughs> o'clock. They got a special permit to have the thing open from 6 to 8 to uh. sort of let the homeless know that, hey, it's a person's park now, not just, you know. And you know what? Monsters. the person's park. <laughs> not homeless. <laughs> not the smelly monsters. homeless. <laughs> PC Andy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, can, I can just see him like all of a sudden there's like a drug deal going down between Jamal and some dude, and all of a sudden a colored ball just rolls right past him on the grass. <laughs> a, a whole bunch of people dressed in brown wearing oh, bowler hats the beat them to shit with uh, their wooden mallets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I drove. It's about. It's got to been 10, 12 years ago. I was, was driving past it because yeah. I don't go normally go up that side of town. Yeah. And I, fr- I forget why I was up drugs. there. And anyway, driving past it, I'm going, this is looking a little rough right ten, now. 10 or 12 years ago, it was basically a homeless camp. Yeah. Yeah. You just saw dark silhouettes all looking at you? you In fact, well, I did see the, the lots. Eyes. There were lots of homeless, but there were also like some pretty shady characters like in black outfits just smoking and staring at everybody as they drove by. So see, Andy, they didn't that's look homeless, how you put it. but that's how yeah, you phrase it. Not people. Goodness gracious. Great balls of fire. Oof. Mmm, donuts. In honor of donuts. the 30th anniversary. <laughs> Ooh, donuts. In Those honor. are Timbits where I'm from. Timbits, I tell you. Timbits and donads. They're donut holes. That's Those aren't actually donut holes. Those are mini donuts. Those are mini donuts. No, no, no. These those right are, here. Oh, those are. Yo, All right. I didn't see the. I didn't. Here's see Here's the great donut hole mini donuts throwdown, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay, yes, those are proper donut holes. Then. No, donuts. I apologize. Geek shock bits, rocks the podcasting world with controversy over ten bits. What? Where's ten bits come Tim from? Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim Hortons. Oh, Tim oh, bits. Tim, Tim bits. bits. Of course. I Tim. speak Canadian. It's okay. Thank you. We, that's why we keep you around to somebody interpret has, this guy. Somebody has to translate Matt. <laughs> and, and to give him all my Canadian quarters that I, I keep getting at work that <laughs> that aren't worth anything here. So you're like, ew, ew, ew. Get that away. Actually, I had a question for you. Oh, God. Uh, a friend of mine is in Canada right now. And he's and, been there several times. Yeah, what's his name? Where is he? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know him, Marty. Marty, that used yeah, to come in the experience. Anyway, so Marty's in Canada right now. And, okay. Uh, it's a big place. He said, I had to get my obligatory beaver tail. And it looks like a pizza. <laughs> is, is, the, is it a pizza? Is, is it a pastry? What is it? I, I, I need to call him and I ask him. I have no him. idea what the hell you're talking okay, about. Okay, I'll have to show you the picture later he's then. Pastry. I thought maybe he's, that was something that you would know right off the top no, of your head. No, he's just fucking being, trying to be funny. I'm in Canada. It looks like a tail. Beavers. Well, no, that's Beaver the, Tail. That's the name of the place, though. He had his picture in front of the place. It says Beaver Tails. Well, and it's, it wasn't there when I was there. Okay, <laughs> so. I thought maybe you'd know because you are the expert on all things Canada. So it might be Alberta. They do things differently there. Yeah, where is he staying? Uh, that's a good question. I have it, to look that up. It's Canada. Who cares? <laughs> It's all one place, right? That's Who cares? We'll, we'll, right. we'll blame it anyway, I was anyway, in right? America getting my <laughs> ammo and liquor. <laughs> and I and, went to Canada know, to get my beaver tail. So it all makes Just sense. like they do all over America. <laughs> I heard the phrase whale tail before. I hadn't heard that before. Wow, Andy. It's, have you heard really? Wow. 
Yes, yeah. I've heard the phrase whale tail. I've not heard it before. Do you not know what a whale tail is? More men. I know what it is now. Okay. I don't know what it's a whale tail. It's the thong hanging up out of the back. Yes. Poking up over the edge of the pants. Oh. That's, that a, a that's, that's a good name for that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, he's in downtown Ottawa. Ottawa? Ottawa. Uh, yes. That's in my home province. That they don't have no anything sense. there but government. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and beaver tail, apparently. Yeah. Government and well, beaver tail. Face it, where, wherever I'll, power I'll ask is, him. beaver I just, tail follows. I just thought since you this, were here, this, maybe it was something you this knew. This might be like... The Ottawa thing or something because I've never heard of this. <laughs> but okay. that's where you said you're from. That's really that's yeah yeah yeah. No, he's from Ottawa is in the same province. He's oh, from. that's Listen, like that's it like you saying a, it's a Reno. It takes thing. a day, yeah. and you're still in Ontario driving one wow. day to get to Holy any of the. Crap. Okay, okay. Um, I know driving from Las Vegas to anywhere. Uh, is pretty for the first half hour and then gets pretty boring. Is it? Yes. Is that the no, same no. way in Canada? Or is it just boring all the way through? Uh, well, it, it's it's boring all the way through. So, <laughs> so Ontario he sags into Ontario feet. is the Texas of Canada. I was you gonna can say fit that, like three Texas in Ontario. It's huge. Wow. I was gonna big. say it was like the central Kansas of because uh, wow. good lord, if you've ever driven, Quebec's it, well, even bigger. I know Andy's driven through there, but if anybody's ever driven through central Kansas, wow, I would do that to myself. Yeah. Flat, boring, nothing. But like you it's know like what? it's like all golden, endless, Ontario, endless Quebec. gold wheat fields mm. and occasional trees, and that's it. I spent a week in Salinas. Nothing. I spent a week in Salinas one afternoon. Salina or Salinas? <laughs> Salina. Okay. Dude, I drove from here to Paris, Kentucky, and good God, power to people living in the Midwest. I don't yes. know how you all haven't committed suicide yet. Uh, they don't. Us- they just become Republicans. We we drink <laughs> lots of beer and uh, a and lot of people. Out. Yeah. Get out. Like I woke up in the middle of Oklahoma City, and I was like, "Good God!" I went back to sleep. Yeah, fuck that. Oh no, that's while he was driving. <laughs> You're not wrong. Fortunately, the road was so straight and flat; it wasn't a problem. Yeah. He just tied the wheel off. And... <laughs> you know, there's a fair amount of truth to what you just said, Andy. Oh, yeah, it's it, it. In fact, it it happens. Like people fall asleep on the roads, and then that's what guardrails are for. <laughs> that's right. It's like you know that one slight curve in the road, and they're off in the no, ditch. And the... That's it, it got exciting when we hit St. Louis because we were driving right past when the whole Ferguson thing was happening oh, oh okay so it was pretty cool there <laughs> go downtown st louis see the arch <laughs> do you see yeah guardrail, things guardrails nice. are the pinball bumpers of kansas yeah okay yeah mm-hmm. basically welcome folks this is geek shock number 388 <laughs> i am master torgo 80s jeff commander k fact check dandy maple leaf matt and we're to talk week and geek gentlemen good and to eat see donuts and, yeah eat we have donuts. a lot of donut action happening and, here and and donut holes yes. and uh, donuts 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 Tin bits. Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim, Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim bits. Tim bits. Sorry, Tim. Yes. Okay. Yes. They're tasty. Okay. Tim bits. It all makes sense now. Oh, yeah. My bone. Me- he tastes a little metallic to me. Oh, they're tin bits, you know. Now, <laughs> and you came with boxes of goodies. Yes, I did. Where does all this come from? Jamie Prano was clearing out her geek drawer and uh, got rid of some stuff she didn't need. There's a lot of loot crate <laughs> stuff and said, I think the Geek Shot guys would like this. See if they want it. So basically, boxes of shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, great really cool shit so, so far yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what you got something out of it so all the geek burglars out of there scratch jamie off your list because right. she's cleared out yep. there's nothing there wow jamie thank you so much yeah. this is like really random but all awesome geek stuff and that right there oh, that, plan, yeah. that uh, ouija planchette is mine oh i was wondering if it's it was a, a oh it's a ouija money clip 
It's a money clip. What? That's your money magic. I take it all back. Just saying. Yeah. I saw it. (laughs) I claim it. And I've claimed the uh, the Sonic Spork. You did claim the Sonic Spork. And the Wayland Yutani name tag. I would would be willing to trade that if somebody wanted something really wanted it. We're trading now. But the the Sonic Spork, man, that's mine. Yeah. When the show's over, we're going through this box and basically getting the fist fight. With a fine tooth Sonic Spork. Right. Hey Andy, I got two Twinkies right here mm. for that Whalen Hatani <laughs> name tag. That's like the biggest mouse pad I've ever it's seen. It's not a mouse pad. It is a a beautiful Borderlands piece of art. That's, nice. that's oh. not just a mouse pad. Wow. Sir. Well, that's that's all you, brother. So I take it. Yeah, that's you. It's okay. like a dinner. That's like a dinner right. mat size. Holy ma- crap! Torgo right. hasn't even looked at the pile, and he's already got three <laughs> items. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's stop pulling things out of that box. Hey, that's Las be Polos Hermanos, uh, apron there from Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, Chicken Brothers. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jamie, you're into some really cool shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's, it looks was. like it's a lot of loot crate stuff. <laughs> she's, so she's giving yeah. it up now, apparently. She's still got plenty of geek at her place. I, I I will admit I've been the beneficiary of people cleaning out their loot crate stuff that they you know they got something and they weren't really into it. Like a, a friend of mine at work. Uh, Got one that was like back to had like half Back to the Future stuff, and he's like, he's like, you're still big into Back to the Future, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And he gave me a bunch of stuff. And I was like, this is awesome. So yeah, it's uh, that's I guess one of the nice things about Loot Crate is when you get stuff that you don't necessarily, you know, have a passion for. You know somebody that does, right? Which and I've heard a lot of Loot Crate. Not stuff me. Is like, I keep it all. Do you? But I don't, I, dude. I I've never been able to afford. <laughs> That's loot why crate, I said, do much you? less now. <laughs> so I've never done loot crate. I the Marvel collector box. If I could financially do yeah. that, I'd do that because there is some cool exclusive stuff in there. Now, Matt, you were doing that. Are you still doing the Marvel box? Yes, I am. Are you still happy with it? Yes, I am. Okay. All right. I'm thinking of going on to the Legion one, which is a DC. Oh, doubling up. Yeah. He's so lucky Paulette doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, because she's done the math on the pops and you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she actually did do that. To... Uh, she really did say that. She, got, she we, did. We, we talked about this at game night when you weren't there. And, oh, uh, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, Andy brought it up and everything. Yeah, I did. Have you ever done the math on the pops, Paulette? No, I did not say that. (laughs) Yeah, you fucking did. Yeah, you fucking did. No, I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, you did. So so 32 Funko Pops at $10 a pop. There you go. That was her calculation. (laughs) Wow. But but spread out over time. It's not like like it's exactly not a one time thing. Yeah. It's it's five to seven at a time, but it's it's it's, (laughs) Oh no. Most it's like one or two. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Three. You got to treat yourself a couple little times bit. a week. <laughs> <laughs> a couple times a week. <laughs> Gentlemen, what? what what geeky things you do this week? Absolutely nothing. No. I went to uh, level. Why are you on this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I went to Level Up Expo this weekend. Oh, good. I was hoping so. I knew that. I was hoping so yeah. too. Because mm, how was it? Uh, it was really. Interesting to see. Okay. Well, did you, did you level up? I'm not. I'm. See, I'm not as big into. An- wait, it's wait. Become way more anime. I'm sitting in the Paul chair, so I have to ask. Yes. How was the parking? Uh, the parking was shit. Oh. oh wow. Yeah, they nice. they were. He didn't. It he was, didn't even it was paid, sugarcoat it. It was paid parking, and oh. and the uh, 
the the guys guiding you in weren't the most adept at guiding you to the open spots. But anyway, we're actually getting a review right now. Yeah, was the Cashman Center? Yeah, it was the Cashman Center. so it's become way more anime oriented. It was that way last year. It was that way, but it even more so this year. Okay. So that I think was, I won't call it a gripe because I do enjoy watching people that are passionate about it. And that was one of the really cool things is that you had some really passionate uh, people getting into costume and very accurate in many ways. These costumes were so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was cool, you know, and, and they were just genuinely having fun with it, you know, being in costume. Uh, the video game aspect of Level Up Expo is looks like it's dwindling a little bit, but mm. they still had the classic mm. systems out there. There were a few people selling uh, classic arcade systems, like some of them even still in the box. Like I saw a Super Nintendo that was still in its box. Nintendo from, box, it's worth more that yeah. way. I mean, the box was a little bit color faded, but not like sun damage faded. But still, it was like the the complete system. So, uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, As far as like the, I I I, being a a geek in the modern age is difficult when you go through the the vendor booths because you know, you you walk through and you go, oh that's cool. Oh wait, I could get that for like twenty dollars less on Big Bad Toy Store, or or uh, oh I can get that on Amazon like right now for half price. So. That that joy of discovering stuff that you had when you were you know first going to these types of geek cons is not nearly as great as it used to be, but it's still fun. That's why you do artist alley, man. Yeah, I got burned already on that, and I'm a little upset at Paul over that because I asked him like, "Is this a good buy?" Yeah, yeah, sure, get it. And I, that was my huge Galactus I bought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fifty four dollars at the Minicon or whatever it was. Not Minicon. Uh, that Super Toy Con. Yes. And I go home that night, check it out. I could have got it for 30 bucks on Amazon. I was like, mm, fucking Paul. Check, check before <laughs> you buy. Was your phone broken? Now, now granted, oh. the vendors hate it when you're standing right in yeah. front of them and you're like. Yeah, but at the same time, you can use that to, to bring them down a bit, right? That is that is the one nice thing. You can, I mean, occasionally you can find that dealer that will haggle with you, especially if it's been like it's a pre-owned piece mm-hmm. and not like one that they bought like a, a crate of because typically they've paid less than half of what they're charging for it so there's a little bit of wiggle room there but yeah. it does it, you know it used to be you could you could haggle with new and used stuff now it's pretty much only the used stuff the new stuff they just yeah. won't bend on yeah. Yeah. All right. that's uh even when nice you show them on amazon it's like look Here's it on Amazon. Go buy it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what they say. Yeah, they're not going to sell it at a loss. Uh, one of the things I like about Action Comics is like for their figs and stuff, generally, they actually, when you go to buy something, they'll go to the uh, price guides online and look at that. And, you know, depending on the condition, which is usually the proper condition, they'll go off of the price guide. Um, I actually got. <clears throat> You know the the Gorgo, the the Jack Kirby monster hero clicks that I have sitting in the game room. Right. Yeah. Uh, I got that. I waited on it for a year. I wanted it so bad, but I couldn't afford it. And at one point, when I had a little extra money, I'm like, I'm doing this. I'm drop. I am going to drop forty bucks for this hero click because this is awesome. And they took it down and they ran it up on the price guide and it had dropped. To 25 bucks so i actually got it 
for a better price than I would have if I had jumped the gun a year before. Nice. nice. So, I miss my gigantic Sentinel hero clicks. I have one. Mm. I don't know what happened to it. <gasps> it's a Sentinel. How the Heroclix. hell does a giant Sentinel disappear? Jesus! It got misplaced in the move from Canada to here. Wow. You know what? I bet you the person who read the bottom of that one box that said, (laughs) bottom, fuck face, (laughs) probably found the Sentinel and walked off with it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Back this up a little bit. What what about this box? I'll let let Chris tell the story. One game night, we did it... uh, Christmas or Thanksgiving, I forget which. At, Christmas, I think at, it was. At game night. Yeah. And Paulette, being Paulette, brought a metric shit ton of food. And she brought it in a couple of moving boxes. Boxes okay. that were used to move right. from the great white north to Nevada. And uh, at the <laughs> end of the thing, when boxes weren't needed because food was eaten, some boxes were left behind. I actually had one box sitting out by my garbage can. And this is funny for months it was out there forever because i just never got around to breaking it down and throwing it in the recycle box so one day i'm in the backyard and i see this dilapidated beat up corrugated cardboard moving box that had been soaked numerous times and was sun wrinkled and just coming apart but was still legible and i see the name marshall and i see ad and i'm like oh this is matt and paulette's box and i pick it up turn just it mine, over just mine to break it down, to put it in the recycle. And in the same handwriting that said the address labels and everything, it was written, bottom, fuck face. (laughs) Maybe that's what we did wrong when we moved, Todd, because... <laughs> they damaged so much of our shit. Exactly. In that move. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh God, that was I, I I laughed so goddamn hard because I have no idea who that was. Was that for a mover? Was that for a relative helping pack for free? Who the hell knows? Wow. Somebody was a little upset. Mm. Maybe a trifle stressed out. <laughs> How to get your stuff treated very gently? Yeah, really. <laughs> Well, I have I have read people like UPS people who have said, "Don't write fragile." Yeah, don't write fragile on your boxes. Why? Because they're like, "Ho ho ho!" Like, it, it, it's it like it's they a said, challenge. They said <laughs> the best thing they said actually was put messages in crayon in childlike handwriting. Ah, nice. Because it's like if people get the sense it's from Kitty to Daddy or Mommy. They actually will care a little bit more. Oh, how interesting. Interesting. Oh, how about they just care because that's their fucking job? Or, or, <sighs> how about you? Yeah, fuckface. Let's write bottom fuckface in crayon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> bottom fuckface. <laughs> we'll spell it with, with gold Crayola. Yeah. <laughs> spell it like a, with kid lettering, you know, without yeah. the C, the backwards E. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, a little heart and flower. Mm-hmm. It's sure to get there. In have, you ever, have you ever watched those nanny cam videos of delivery guys just coming yes. up to the drunk yeah. chucking it like whew. yeah yep i have i try mm. not to Boom. <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure that's happened with a few of our packages too because you get a lot of stairs i well i did yeah. hear one time like a thud at the door i was sitting here watching tv <laughs> and i just heard a thud at the door like because usually they'll come up and they'll ring the doorbell like 10 times and then run off <laughs> which that's is not even the package which is, people yeah <laughs> no that is the delivery people it's the kids from the pool because <laughs> there have been a few times there's been like 10 in the morning nobody's here but me and 
I'm like half asleep and I'll hear ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong ding dong. I'm like Jesus Christ! I get up, walk all the way to the door, Sorry stumbling half asleep. And <laughs> no, thank God that hasn't happened. But I have like gotten up there and I just opened the door and there's nobody there and there's just a package on the ground. <laughs> and pa- package and, and, and I hear the truck pulling away. So, <laughs> burning, yeah. yeah, what's left of it? Yeah. Burning paper so bag. Fun. That was the time yeah. Jeff was being threatened by the Mexican mafia, but mm. <laughs> he's sending a burning burrito. <laughs> no, a package, oh. just a package. Mm. What else did you, gents? I went and saw uh, Fifth Element in the big screen. How was that uh, yeah, revisited still on holds the screen? Together, man. Yeah, yeah. The movie is great. Love that thing. And the scariest part of that is Ruby Rod. <laughs> who com- Cul- Cul- Culbin? Culbin, Culbin, my man. Yeah, Culbin, yeah. my man. <laughs> completely uh, uh, predicts modern uh, journalism. It's just yep. creepy. <clears throat> I have oh, seen man. people doing that at openings, like holding their they're holding their uh, iPhone, their smartphones in front of them, yammering away at a whole bunch of people that we can't see, but they can. <clears throat> yep. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of movies, uh, I did watch uh, Volume Two of Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh Ooh, my gosh! Really did. So we'll do the uh, spoiler yeah, discussion at the end of this show. So we've Spoilers. all seen it now. Then yes, yes. So, but in case you twice. haven't at home, uh, we'll save it for the end of the show so you know when to tune out. We'll give you a heads up. All right. What I, you do? I watched Movie Bob's fix the uh, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Holy crap! That guy's. That guy's pretty fucking smart those yeah. are some great oh. ideas <laughs> yes they are and and he does he actually does a whole bunch of fix it videos but yeah that those were some great ideas they could totally do i mean his his idea of it's just like captain america out of time but then the approach being totally different was really just quite i, I love the idea of the villain he uses yep and oh. who is the villain well puppet, puppet master. master okay well president of Mar- uh Fox has already said that there is another Fantastic Four in the works. So, oh boy, because I'll, I'll bet it will be just as good as that. It yeah. was in response to something uh, Kevin Feige's uh, was Kevin Feige uh, was saying about uh, the Marvel some of the, the some of the characters they have joint custody with Fox on and so forth. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, uh, apparently. There is another Fantastic Four in the works because they don't want to lose the license. And he said he would like to have it with that, that same cast. But they said they would, quote, do things differently this time. So I, I don't have know no what pro- that means. I have no problem with the cast, but boy, that would be hard to reboot with the same cast. Yeah. Mm. You can, wow, same cast Because it would technically would be... be a reboot, yeah. They wow. were, were going to have to... A it'd refreshment. Be, it'd, be, it'd be like a soft reboot. <laughs> it's a refreshment. Refreshment. That's that's the new term. Yeah. Oh, Alicia Masters is a puppet master's right. daughter, right? Okay, right. that's right. Okay. Right, and and his idea was like she belonged to this new superhero PR firm that will help establish them in the modern era and get them going again, and they they take off, <laughs> and it's eventually revealed that her father, who was the head of this PR corp is actually Philip Masters, the puppet master, and mm-hmm. then they run through the whole. And then he had the whole uh, sequels. You would just theme after each Fantastic Four character. Hmm. <clears throat> Introduce Doctor Doom in the first sequel. Um, don't have him die at the end 
and then you've got a great Marvel villain that you can throw all over the place because he sure. really is. He really is an omnipresent villain. He's not just an FF villain. Right. Great idea. He said that Galactus should be because this is not this a cloud. Is, yeah. This is fix the Fantastic Four inserting it into the MCU. Hmm. So and so he was like Galactus should not be a Fantastic Four. Uh, villain solely, but it should be like an Infinity War event where everybody shows up and it's a big throwdown and stuff. Nice. <clears throat> Not lots of really, really good ideas. I gotta watch that one. Sounds good. Also, his character descriptions, Andy, you would like that. I mean, he yeah. he actually takes the metaphor of their powers and directly translates it to the character description and totally, totally <coughs> makes it totally makes it work especially it's super his, smart his breakdown of uh reed richards yeah mm. that was just genius just cool. genius uh, i'm gonna jump back because i wasn't here last week um free comic day yes that was great i actually hit 10 of the 13 stores in town impressive yeah wow it's a failure he usually hits them all oh then, no then, it's not true i haven't hit them all in a long time but you've been uh, failing for that long Andy? it gets expensive were there any different ones at the different stores it's or? free comic book no uh, the, okay. wait a minute <laughs> no the way i know the, 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 the way i the, the way the, the kids and i do it is we get bring milk and cookies to the retailers oh that's so. right that's, that's so right good. i forgot about that so but no we we uh um, we got halfway through when Frankie ran out of steam. So we were actually, we got as far as uh, alternate reality, and I couldn't get her the mile up the road to Cosmic Comics. So that's how I missed Cosmic Comics. That's um, one of the few that I went to. Yeah. So I covered and you that, on that and one. And Cosmic see, Comics is always one of the best ones. See so. what happens when you bring your kids to free comic book I know. Day. What's wrong, man? <laughs> dude, dude, doing it wrong. Um, and I missed action because it's way the hell down here. Yeah. yeah and right. I missed um, the... Uh, uh, Maximum Comics is way down here, too. Mm. But I got everything else. See, now you know. Next year, you start on the east well, side. That was my original intention. You make your but, way back. Uh, yeah, it just didn't come together because, yeah. We had a yeah, bunch of people. You start the farthest from home. That way, you're oh, getting yeah, closer a bunch to of home. People. Well, I brought uh, Frankie's boyfriend came along, and Renee was here, so we all went out. So well, we see, oh, okay. boy, that's recipe for disaster. Yeah, that's why I do things alone. Right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> it does make things easier, though. Mm. <laughs> I will... I will agree with you on that. But yeah, no, I, when I, the early shops, I started picking out the weirdest books I could find, knowing that you know the popular ones would still be around at the end. The one that people got tons of would be around at the end. So I, I did get a pretty wide range. I think I got about 40 books, maybe. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I do like nice. what alternate reality does, where they hang on to uh, a few of the stacks of the free comic books from the previous year mm -hmm. and then put them out with the, them out, yeah. the comic and then just gives them all away. And, yeah, it was. It, and then it he was, has specials on some I, I didn't realize that one time and I went through and I'm like wow oh my goodness this is cool and then I'm like reading it and I'm like wait a minute I've already read this storyline <laughs> I've done that year too. old what the hell's going on here well yeah. I've done that too like I've grabbed one that I thought looked cool and then I got home I started reading it's like I've already read this I was like oh this is from last year uh Ralph no it's uh, it's not his fault it's my dumbass that looked at it and goes ooh and forget that I read that same stupid comic. I had a couple of new ones, though. There were there were two new ones this year. Two two went out of business, and two of them replaced them. Uh, Torpedo Comics, which was uh, it's owned by some Navy guy. No, it's it's owned by a <laughs> rock star, and, and I've forgotten who. And uh, all right, mate, we're gonna call it Torpedo. <laughs> Honestly, he was, he was, he was there was an article about him in the paper today about the because the, the shop is moving. Jeff, get on it. Yeah, the yeah. guy's Jeff, moving his Jeff, new you know comic works book at, store. He's in a terrible location. I mean, it was it was a hunt to find it. it Where was, was a, it? It's off Boulder Highway, off of Blue Diamond Highway, 
in the back of one of those warehouse spaces. <laughs> oh, wow. Lindell oh Road. Wow. Yeah. That's way over there. Yeah. But now he's going to be right next to uh, Rainbow and 215. All right. But uh, that um, Celestial Comics, which I've never been to before, it's been around for a couple of years. Um, I haven't been there, and it's actually pretty close to my, well, not amazing, but it's pretty close to my apartment. And that's a great shop. It's, it's way over by um, Village Square. No, it's the hell's that one the uh village square i think fort apache and yeah uh, yeah village square and it's it's a great shop it's uh amazing it's beautiful in there nice a lot of cool stuff so the drummer shit. from system of a down that's it uh jason brace some, some star yeah that is who barry bought his star wars arcade machine from is it uh, yeah. yes ah so you can tell him he knows wow. who bought his arcade Apparently machine. Apparently shop is going to be amazing. So Barry put seed money into the comic book yeah. store. Mm. Oh, is. sorry. Jason Braceland is the person that wrote the article. Sorry. Uh, the drummer's name is... <laughs> the drummer wrote the article? What the... <laughs> no. <laughs> I know Jason Braceland. The That's incestuous why I nature of rock journalism. <laughs> There's two Jason Braceland's. Well, because they okay, so the picture they have, the way that they laid out the article, it says it's, "system of a drummer, lover of comics," and then it says in parentheses "Jason Braceland. But then system it, of a drummer? you don't see that it rolls onto the next line, and then it says "slash Las Vegas Review Journal." Mm-hmm. So it's because right. typically, if you put that kind of a description of somebody and then follow it with parentheses, mm-hmm. sure. it's that person. But well, everybody uh, feel better. That's yeah. actually the end of the line in parentheses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's I think way it's just more of your dumbass mm. coming. Uh, yeah, no, it is. I mean, that's the, that is the standard way we have to finish our, the article is, is, is the, the tagline is parentheses, your name, close parentheses, your Twitter high handle. How exciting. Oh, and it's at the end of everything, so I get all the calls from people trying to find out about the freaking coin show or this or that. It's like, no, that's the line above where it says, please call this for information about the coin show. <clears throat> Lucky. Yeah, and the phone number. Ugh. Yeah. Why'd you open up a comic store? I wanted to. Why'd you open wow. up a it looks like he doesn't even say his name until like the third paragraph. Wow. John, John Dolman? I don't know. I'm guessing that's it because it's not a very well written like article. Like system of a Down syndrome. Andy. Come on, well, Andy didn't write this article. Although I did see some typos in your uh, your RJ article, uh, Andy. Oh somebody, no! Somebody that <laughs> it's your, your editor missed a few things. Really? They, Let yeah. me know what those are. I'll fix them. All right. And more importantly, tell your editor. More importantly, oh, Jeff, I love Jeff it. Found a new job. I love it when my editor screws up. That's fun. Yeah. They they misspelled Japanese in a headline one time. That was a great one. Ooh. <clears throat> What was the what was the one paper. you got in there the the um, frolicking uh, brass statues uh, shit. fornicating uh, fornicating fornicating brass, brass statues, statues. <laughs> it's better than frolicking yep I, I have the picture somewhere I gotta keep I couldn't find it. I was digging yeah I thought that was funny that they put the description of all the different like little rare uh, and Weird interesting items, items <clears throat> from Lonnie Hammergan's house. And they have the list, and then they have some of the pictures, but they didn't have all of the pictures. Right. No, I, I don't. So, so they don't have that let's one. Let's bring the listeners into this a little bit. Oh, I'm okay. sorry. Because this is this is getting a little too inside baseball. Inside baseball. <clears throat> Who's on first? All right. Um, so Lonnie Hammergren is a uh, former lieutenant governor, retired neurosurgeon in town, um, and he's um, eccentric. eccentric. Yeah, to say the least. He has three houses, and he has been cramming them full of weird crap for 45 years. Yes. Uh, anything, it's, 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 some of it he gets at auction, some of it he buys, some of it he horse trades, some of it he just find, pulls out of dumpsters. Yeah, we've so talked like, about him on the show before, because yeah. we've all like been there at some but, point. But I mean, it's just this great, crazy complex of houses that some of the neighbors hate, and he opens it up once a year. But no more, because one of the houses got foreclosed, 
And it's the weirdest of the three houses. The first house he had. Is this the one on Sand Hill? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're all three next to each other. Oh, that's well. the one you see from the road. <laughs> you see okay. them all from the road. You well, see yeah, them all. Yeah. But the one on the far south is the one, the one he had in 71 that has the underground garage, which has the underground tomb that he planned to be buried in, uh, a planetarium, a um, uh, full-size brontosaurus um, skeleton made out of paper mache, um, uh, a 30, you know, a 26 foot gondola, no, 37 foot gondola. It's a big gondola, big ass gondola. Yeah, I've seen it. It's, um, it's big. And uh, a pool with um, fake submarines hanging over the pool. Uh, he had a giant water tank in the back for about 40 years until the sun beating on the plexiglass killed it and it exploded one night and just burst open. But it was like this huge 10 foot tall water tank that was sitting in his backyard. He has in in one of the sections by the pool. He has like a recreation of the Colorado River running into Hoover Dam, mm-hmm. and at one point it actually had water in it, so that it was it, there was water behind the dam. Mm-hmm. The water flowed through the river and hit the dam, and then went through the uh, uh, the diversion tunnels on mm-hmm. the side. It was it, and then on the actual ground, he had painted like the different states that mm-hmm. the river runs through, and then. Had the demarcation lines for the uh, the state lines. So yeah. it's, it was, it's, it's a really fascinating. He's but what happened to the house? Uh, he just be had one of the, one of the houses paid off. One of the houses actually owned by uh, the Planetary Society or something like that. Some astronomical. Yeah, two of them are fully paid for. Right, but the third one, I don't know why. Cause he remortgaged at some point. When you interview Lonnie Hammergren, it's like chasing the light on the wall for the cat. It's just like. He starts going down somewhere, and then something shiny distracts him. He goes off there, and it's, we go back. And you, very often, you never get back to a thread. So I Just missed like the thread show. where, why did you? I missed ah. that thread. And I, you know, I had already been talking about two hours, and I was like, I got to go. So he's <laughs> having to auction off some of these items. He's been he's selling some downtown. There's a really wild antique store called uh, Modern Mantiques that is the most manly antique store you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> It's like dripping with testosterone. Oh, we need the Torgo cam right now. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing some of his stuff is in there, I'll find my way to modern man. Oh, you got to. Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the things is a giant porcelain Elvira statue I'd never seen. And that's the other thing. I've been to his house probably 15 times now. And every time I go, I see something I'd never seen before. Right. Um, This time, the one that stuck out is that in the motorcycle room, uh, I noticed that what I thought had, bike. What's that? Yeah, no. What I thought was a table was actually the top of a uh, fireplace. That just the chim- the chimney ends in the room, in the middle of a room. Wow. So if they actually lit the fireplace, it would just fill the room with smoke. <laughs> All right. What else to do, guys? Uh, jumping off of movie Bob, I actually watched uh, Cinefix, which is uh, um, another movie commentary. Is that uh, hooked to the magazine at all? Uh, no. Okay. Or it, it might, mm, I think, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it didn't seem to say anything on the videos I watched because they have a series called, um, <clears throat> uh, How's It Different? Oh. And basically they look at movies and then they look at their source material, usually books. So I watched their Lord of the Rings, How's It Different? And it was actually, it was kind of fun and informative. They run through how... The film and the book differ, so that, that was sounds like cool. fun. I like that idea. So, a lot. Yeah, 
Um, anyway, I mean, just real quick. It, it was funny. I just sort of... Because Bob, d- there's four Fantastic Four. Because he does the first two talking about the the movie. And then he does his... Okay, people have been asking me about sequels. I'll tell you. This is... This is, this I, is see, I haven't seen the sequel one yet. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one where he outlines the... You know, each one is about a different member of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I wish these people would get, leave messages. You getting a call? Yeah. And it's like, it's an unknown number. And it's funny. She's like, just leave a message. I'll get back to you. And people don't do that. So. Jerks. Yep. Big jerks. And uh, I also, in honor of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, <clears throat> I went ahead and splurge because I found it on a uh, discount online. An anthology called Cosmic Powers, mm. which is a... a um, uh, space opera uh, anthology because space opera has made a bit of a comeback and a lot of people are 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 writing more and more in it and and having fun with it and taking it a little more seriously and um, <clears throat> so I picked up that oh good they left a message I'll find out who this person is and uh, so they actually uh, it, it's actually pretty cool it's pretty cool. That's what I'll say. There's a Gardens of the Galaxy anthology book out there that's huge. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. It's it's hardcover and it's got to like be the omnibus style anthology. Yeah, it's gotta be huge. No, no, it, it, it's 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 bigger than that. It's like it's like mm, maybe two to three inches thick. That sounds like omnibus. Yeah, and, and it's just monstrous. It's great. About you know, it's hundred and twenty dollars or something like that. That sounds right. Yep. Ah, there was a time I was collecting those. Uh, yep. All right, I'm gonna tell you a story about Little Torgo. Uh-oh. All right. Oh, my. All right. Little Torgo. Where, where did they touch you, Torgo? <laughs> this so, is about... Show when me I was, Andy where he touched you. <laughs> when I was about eight or nine years old. All right. And I was still developing into the me that I am. I did not get into... I did not like roller coasters. I did not like scary stuff in haunted houses. I, I was a little chicken shit. All right. But at this carnival I went to in Fort Wayne, Indiana... I loved fun houses, all right? Haunted houses, no, wouldn't go in them. Fun houses, yes, absolutely adored them. At, at this carnival, there was a fun house, and at the top it said fun house, and next to it, jungle fun. And there was this gigantic, <laughs> gigantic, creepy, humanoid-looking monkey ape. It was a two-story fun house, and it would rock back and forth, and that's where you would enter underneath this ape, and then you climb up the stairs and come out underneath his legs, and that area of the funhouse would rock. All right, so so I was so excited to go into this thing, and I was with my mother at the time, and she didn't really care about going in. So funhouse, I'm going in, yay! I'm off on my own, having the adventure of things trying to trip me and knock me over. I get through three quarters of the way through. Uh, going up that upstairs area, come back downstairs, and all of a sudden, Pennywise, it turns into a haunted house. Ooh. Oh, right, fake out. So here I am at the bottom of the stairs, realizing that I am now in a haunted house area. I have two choices: I can go back the way I came. That's double your fun, right? Which I did for a little bit. I walked back upstairs and then went through some of the fun things, you know, the 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 shaky bridge and. Mm-hmm. All the, the, all the little movement things. But then I had to decide, am I going to go out the way I came or do I go through and not be a chicken? 
Oh, nobody calls little Torgo a chicken. <laughs> so, especially little Torgo. And <laughs> so I get to the bottom of the stairs and I start walking through. And it's just, it's, you know, now it's just really cheap animatronic stuff. The stuff you expect at a cheap carnival. Yeah. And, and I walked through it. And when I was done through that part, I realized I absolutely loved it. Uh-huh. I loved the thrill of, of that feeling of danger that you've come through it, the, 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 the just that rush of adrenaline, and I came through it, and I wanted to go back through it so I could go back through the whole thing again. And I encountered that fun house one more time uh, some years later, and I can't remember some other carnival, And but that, car- that, that fun house, that jungle fun fun house always <laughs> stayed in my mind. Wow, so it's a formative event for you. Exactly. That's very much a formative event. So the other night, I'm on... Uh, just Google images looking at, because now, you know, dark rides, especially ghost trains and cheap carnival haunted houses, one of my favorite things. The art on the outside of carnival haunted houses are the best. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of looking to see what some of the art was out there. And I'm like, and that jungle fun popped in my head. And I'm like, I, you know what? I'm going to look up, see if this thing, you know, someone ever caught a picture of this thing. And sure enough, when I looked it up on Google images, there it was jungle fun. And then I'm looking, you know, you look underneath and it says, do you want to go to the website? And so I go to the website that it's from, and it was a review mm-hmm. from a, a theme park from 2016. Okay. What? So it's around. So it still exists. I'm like, where's York? Okay. England. How, oh. So I'm like, maybe they made a few of these, but that doesn't make sense because most of these things are one-offs. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wow! But then I'm like, then I'm like, let's look a little further. It turns out it's York, Maine, a place ah. called Wild Kingdom. It's a mixture of zoo and small theme park. Mm-hmm. And so that actual same funhouse slash haunted house. Oh my god! Exists in York, Maine, in a in a place that seems to be still fairly popular. Road trip. Road I trip. was gonna say Geek Shock needs to <laughs> get out. There. So I went on YouTube, and sure enough, I found footage of people walking through and seeing it from the outside. One footage of somebody walking through it. So I actually got to virtually walk through the haunted house that made me nice. the horror lover I am today. That's wow! Great. So was it? Was it? I mean, was it the same? It what is. Was- the, it is the same. They did a bit of a repaint on the outside, but it still looks similar. the The monkey's still there. The inside stuff is all the same. The 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 animatronic of the guy sawing off work? another head. Yeah. Oh, they're so cheap. These mm. things are never going to break. They're they're gears. They're just plain <laughs> oh, okay. gears. So it's not like the Kiss animatronics at the mini golf. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Those oh, are real those sophisticated are, in comparison. It's none of this. <laughs> so I just wanted yeah. to share that because it was just such a revelation that this thing still exists. Because in, in this world, most dark houses slash fun houses are all gone. Well, that may be right. a little difficult to get to, but you know what you can get to? What can I get to? MacArthur Park. Oh no, it's in L.A. Right? Yeah, the MacArthur. Park. The MacArthur yes, Park is absolutely. in L.A. Yes, it is. I thought that I thought I remember that. And I looked but it is up it after. still frightening in the dark? I I don't know. <laughs> the Jurassic I'm in Park the day is. or dark. <laughs> day or dark. Day or night. Day, day or, or dark. dark. That, that, I like uh, that. That kind of sounds like the question that uh, Sam asked on Shop Monkey's Lair this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, he asked about. Uh, uh, what like everybody's introduction to all things nerd was, and what was the tipping point? And uh, oh, yeah. there were a lot of fantastic responses. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I didn't respond because it's you know you know it sounded like something more for the show, but I know. 
both Kirsten and Andy had pretty nice long responses. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you get it at all, Matt? No? Matt doesn't okay. do Facebook. Oh. In fact, Sam tried to tag us and was like, why can't I get Matt? <laughs> I know he's on there, and I have trouble finding him. I find there, him. but I mean, yeah, never check it. he's on there, but he's never, never on it. No, I got like two hundred ninety, like pending friend across the land, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, this is the Shock Monkeys layer, the uh, Geek Shock Facebook fan page created by Michael Johnson. So, a lot of discussion of what we talk about on the show and all the awesome geeky things that we we're not aware of. Everybody's filling us in, and it's awesome. Well, I guess I was going to say, just I'll do a real quick answer to his question. The thing that got me started on all things geek and nerdy was my dad. Um, my dad loved Star Trek when when you know he actually got to see it when it first aired. Uh, he was in college at the time. And uh, so he kept up with it as it, it was rolled into syndication. And I remember I was about three years old. And every time it would come on, we had the big old console television. It was like maybe a 13-inch. I mean, the the cabinet, the thing would was gigantic, but a little 13-inch color television. And he used to have this little, uh, it was like pillow back thing that you can lay on the floor, but you put your your neck and back on it, so it's almost like it turns the floor into a chair. Anyway, so he used to. Uh, Put that on the floor and and watch Star Trek and uh, for some reason I used to start yeah I just I would come in I'd crawl up next to him and and we would watch Star Trek and that was I think when I was that age I was just attracted to the bright colors and you know the the colorful nature and kind of quirky look of the you know sets and everything from Star Trek but uh, I did continue to watch it and as my brain developed more had a love for the you know the complexities of the show and you know, the social commentary and so forth. So that's how I got started in all things geek. I have got the pretty much the exact same story with my father, except with Benny Hill. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch Benny Hill, but I somehow ended up watching it anyway. I was allowed to watch Benny Hill. I just wasn't allowed to show my friends Benny Hill. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was this way with anybody else, but the PBS that played Benny Hill in Wichita Mm-hmm. They would only play it at night, and it was uncensored. So you had the nudity and everything yeah. in it. Benny uh, Hill ran on a UHF channel where I was growing oh, up. Oh, really? Yeah. Same here. It was yeah. UHF. Came right after Star Trek, in fact, in my channel. <laughs> and, of course, it was the edited version, UHF. But there was one time when I was recording it mm-hmm. where they had an unedited version. Didn't realize it. And yes, I got some nudity yep. on tape. And to a young man, that means everything. Yes, yep. it does. <laughs> Wore that tape yeah, for, right uh, for us, it was Monty Python on, on PBS. Right? Oh, yeah. Monty nudity. Python. Well, it, and okay. I Claudius. This was a weird thing they had at PBS in Wichita. So they would have the unedited versions of Star Trek, like the complete, uh, was like, was it 52 minutes, right? Average 52, 55 minutes. Yeah. Because that was back before they started loading in the commercials and they would cut out pieces of the show. So. I remember they did this huge uh, campaign drive to get um, funding to to get the unedited versions of Star Trek in our local PBS. So we had Star Trek, and then we had Monty Python, and then by that time it was later at night, and then they had Benny Hill, and these were all uncut. So I got to watch Monty Python essentially uncensored here in the U.S. in addition to wow. Benny Hill and Star mm-hmm. Trek. So that was really cool growing up. All right. Well, since we're going to talk about... Uh the movie afterwards. Yes. Uh, let's get, go ahead and get into some, I know folks have written emails and we, I promise we will get to those, but uh, 
want to make sure we get to some news before we go talk. Oh no, deep Alrighty. galaxy. And but there's only one news you don't give a shit about. Oh. Only one. Only one. Only All right. One. Okay. I remain skeptical. Yeah, that's pretty much the theme of this whole news you don't give a shit about to me. Reshoots. Yes. They're a normal part of the Hollywood filmmaking process. Yes. However, reshoots for Justice League are reportedly so major that the movie has technically been remade. Yikes. This is being reported by Splash Report. According to their source, this is the same source that informed (laughs) them of the Rogue One reshoots. Uh, They said that in, quote, the 17 months between the start of principal photography and the final cut arriving in theaters in November, that the film will have essentially been remade twice, unquote. Wow. Well, I hope the major was dark and gritty. DVD versions of all of them. (laughs) Boy. They say Warner Brothers is putting, quote, everything it has into overhauling the movie. Oh, God. Well, that worked the first time. Apparently, they didn't like what they were seeing, and they wanted to make sure everything gets fixed before the movie is released. That's why they can't get a Flash director. (laughs) Yeah, right? The studio wants this to be a great movie. They don't want to be trashed by critics and fans again. Oh, well. Reshoot the living shit out of it. (laughs) Right. In in a recent update... And they know uh, better. The Splash Report received from their source, quote, There are more reshoots... Reshoots coming soon. Resuits. Resu- oh my Resuits. God! You just made up a great word, Torgo. Yes. Resuits. When that when technical in uh, when the studio intervenes and orders reshoots, it's, re-suits. it's been nice. resuited. Wow. Yep. Trade- the resuits have stepped in. Trademark geek shot. As, as yeah, opposed really. to what happens when you really resuit and you lose all the suits and they put new suits in, everything in production goes away. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it, I. It's so funny you say that too, because I remember in film school we were talking about like how movies, you know, when there's a change in the top brass yeah. at the movie studios, where suddenly like a movie that's basically done and like ready to go in the theaters suddenly gets put on the shelf and or mm-hmm. hacked to pieces Butcher. and remade into something else just because Their there's vision. a different agenda. Exactly. So like, so many times, like especially like in early cinema, directors were. You know, they had no choice. They did, they couldn't do the um, the Alan Smithy thing. They couldn't pull their their names off of them. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Resuit. Yeah, so Resuits. Quote, there are more resuits coming soon. <laughs> there have been a bunch, but they're going to do more. Unquote. Oh. Now Marvel's Iron Man and Iron Man Two didn't have complete scripts when they started filming. Uh, the same thing happened with Suicide Squad, which went through some significant reshoots of its own or resuits, more likely. <laughs> In the end, they had six or seven different versions of that movie. So Justice League is set to hit theaters November 17th, 2017 in some form. So they could, could they put together a whole, like, oh could they God. put together a different version of the movie focusing on each different character? Because that would be great DVD extras. <laughs> each, seven different versions of the DVD released uh, from I, a different uh, vantage stick point. Stick with the goddamn theme and run with it. <laughs> That's your thing. Well, that's, it doesn't have to be slapstick because Marvel's doing slapstick. Be dark and gritty. Do it good for fuck's sakes. <laughs> the important <laughs> thing is Professor Biggs is pissing blood right now, and he doesn't even know why. He's not <laughs> the only one. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> with white shorts? Come on. Be careful, Not man. anymore. I do wonder, though, like, with Rogue One, where the, you know, the reshoot seemed to work. 
at least sure, for me. This, this could work out it, well. I, yeah. I, I really wonder, <laughs> though, what Rogue One would have been like if they had kept with, like, because the original ending... There was some interesting there speculative... There were several, uh, pe- several characters that were supposed to survive. Look, Speculations. I don't, I don't know if it's out there uh, in this group, but there are websites that their whole purpose is to archive earlier drafts of screenplays. That's right. one probably worth checking out. Yeah. And if you want something fun to read in general... Uh, find these because you I have read alternate versions of Indiana Jones movies that were written in the 90s right wow. I've, I've read Freddy screenplays of Nightmare on Elm Streets that never happened is, is there a version of Crystal Skull that's good there is one that involves you see a, there's one that I read they took some of Crystal Skull from mm-hmm. uh, this is the Frank Darabont uh, oh, screenplay yeah, that, that he did in the 90s. Mm. I forgot about that uh, one. Which I believe has Indy crashing a UFO, if I remember right. Ooh. Wow. See, already. So, it's if you want to see the what-ifs of moviedom, check out these early drafts of either unproduced or produced, then changed later screenplays. Mm. Yeah, so, some- maybe Rogue One exists in that. Yeah, somewhere I have the, uh, uh, the, the original... The like second to last version of the shooting script of uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation's series finale of All Good Things, and there's a couple of scenes in there that never made it to uh, to air, and it's mm. just it is kind of fascinating. You're like, oh, this would have been interesting to see, but then again, in many cases, the scenes that they cut out or change aren't really that critical to the overall. If I remember, product. the first issue or two of the Star Wars comic came out before the movie. And I, was, I and I read yeah, them, yeah. And so when that movie came out, I was, I was looking for the 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 uh, the uh, uh, wedge Antilles scene, big the, dark, in, big, big big dark rider. That's right. Damn, I went I went backwards on it. I went I went back and forth in my head whether it was wedge or Briggs. Yep. What they do that they do that in like the <laughs> novelizations too, like the the graphic uh, the graphic novelizations as well as the uh, the the regular novelizations of the movies. They leave in a lot of those scenes from the script. Oh, I yeah. remember uh, the Star Trek the motion picture book um i remember reading that book prior to having actually seen the film when i was a kid i just thought i was like oh it's star trek and i pulled it off the shelf and i started reading it and and then when i watched the actual film and this before the director's cut came out in the uh, early 2000s that it was a very very different film than what you saw in there in fact it was i would almost say more cerebral and and more long-winded than the actual version that hit the theaters and that, that was a big complaint with people was like it's boring it just doesn't do anything for like half an hour is, but uh i'm sorry and then the graphic novels the same way there's scenes that are in the graphic novelization of star trek the motion picture that are like right out of the book that <coughs> never made it into the theater i haven't seen that one the the first star trek in a long time but it mm-hmm. seems to be isn't like there's a Matt Decker in that or something yes or, is he supposed to be the son of yeah yes the guy okay yeah it's Will Decker is in the, Matt Decker is from the original series. Okay. Doomsday Machine, Will, played by William Wyndham. Yes, Thank yeah. you. one of the Will most Decker awesome, is, awesome performances in yeah. original series. Have you? Have you uh, oh, we had that video of Jeff doing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, really? We missed that. <laughs> have you reviewed that one yet? I'm, that's my next one. I'm, I got hung up on life, and it got very busy, and I'm way behind. Life, which episode was that? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I watch all of life. You did watch Life on Netflix. No, I, I actually you? bought the videos. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. I bought the first. The, the videos. The DVDs. Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh-huh. 
Still, DVDs, whoa. That's I was going to give you props. Wow, Andy, going RCA old video school. disc. <laughs> <laughs> now on Laserdisc. Yeah. I first discovered screenplays like this in college at University of Evansville. The Evansville Mall had a antique thing every, like, six months. Whole center of it's an antique shop. Mm-hmm. But there were two guys, and they had tables of screenplays. This is about oh. 1994. Mm-hmm. Fun! And all screenplays of movies that were upcoming or treatments and just just stuff that didn't exist. They were selling these screenplays illegally, of course, right. to finance their own independent movies. hey mm-hmm. uh, One of which I bought and was horrible. It des- I, Mystery Science Theater deserves it, or at least Wheel of the Worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the one of Mark Kinko's. So one of the ones I bought was... Uh, Star Trek Generations, mm-hmm. the uh, first draft of that screenplay. Oh, yeah, where, where uh, Kirk gets shot in the back. Yep. And so yep. that was my first experience of reading a screenplay and then seeing a movie and going, wait a second, that's not what I read. That's not how it happened in the book. Yep. So, <sighs> good times. Mm. Wow. In fact, there were even a couple, like, like two or three different versions of how Kirk gets shot in the back. Like one, he dives in front of the shot because... He's trying to Wait save. a minute. He dives in front of the shot and gets hit in the back? <laughs> well, like... One, one this of is the, some crazy Trek one of the, physics. One of the drafts is he he sees Zoran getting a bead on Kirsten. Picard. Hold on. Kirsten, there was a second shooter. Oh, okay. <laughs> back of the and, left. On the rocky and, knoll. And so <laughs> he can't knoll. get to either in time. So as Zoran fires, he just jumps in front of the shot. But he jumps and... His back is to Zora and it hits Turns him in the back. And looks at Picard and goes, <laughs> "This is for you." And then the actual version ah, that they shot the of him shooting him in the back. Shot? He literally shoots him in the back. So, mm. and it's not him diving in front of the shot. Bl- so. Okay. I remember, anyway. and I didn't buy it at the time. I wish I had. And that was James Cameron's Spider-Man. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Because he had the Spider-Man option for ages. Right. So. Dang. Right. Maybe that's out there on the internet. That still could be rectified. Mm-hmm. Weekend Geek! Yay! <laughs> wow. It was a weird echo from the kitchen. <laughs> I probably didn't show up on the mic, but that was, it was great in here. <laughs> All right, this is kind of in the middle. Uh, this goes to respond to the question that we thought aloud, especially you, Matt, about the Purge TV show and what exactly that's going to be. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have an answer to that. Sweet. Deadline reports the Purge TV series will serve as an, quote, entirely new chapter in America's 12 hours of annual lawlessness by revealing to the fans what happens the other 364 days of the year and how that law affects people. So it's a purge without the purge. Yes. Well, that'll be exciting. Now, are they directly related to the movie? Like, it, the, the TV series leads up to everything, and then the movie hits, and then the movie is the... It's set in the world of The Purge, focuses okay. on how this night of lawlessness came to be, and the effect it has on society. The show is being written, directed, and executive produced by the film franchise creator, James DeMonico, and the series will also run as a lead-up to a new Purge film in 2018. Oh, you think you're getting away with this, but I'm going to purge the fuck out of you when it comes time. <laughs> <laughs> New Jersey Purge? That's a speech that? I give to the burrito right before I eat it. 
Now, because it's I, like I, the I, next day after I eat anything spicy, my my first gut reaction to this is yes, purge without the purge. Why? Mm-hmm. There should could be some interesting you, stuff wait, to wait, that. Wait, 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 wait. Your gut reaction to the purge? Thank Hey-o. you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you rub a Twinkie box on your microphone. <laughs> I'm eating room. Twinkies. Well, you didn't hear him crinkling the, the Twinkie wrapper into the microphone the first time? Paul! <laughs> <laughs> but I like this idea of getting involved in this whole backstory of characters leading up to a Purge movie. Mm-hmm. So that you are emotionally invested in these people when that Purge happens. So I like that idea. But then again, I haven't seen any Purge movies, as I said yeah, before. So... I do have to catch the up. The first on that one first. is good. Second one, third one's even worse. Mm. Okay, so, so diminishing yeah. returns like most horror franchises. Kinda so like the first bite purge. was pretty good. The second bite was awful. But I had to have the third bite to see if it was even more awful. Right. Exactly. All right. This is the man who ate the pepper. Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. And currently the Twinkie. Mm-hmm. And, and more than one Twinkie. And far too many breadsticks at Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Fox's new mutants cast is shit taking shape. <laughs> uh, I might just start over on that one. Uh, welcome to Freud cast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this cast is shit. <laughs> Way to prejudge it there, Torgo. <laughs> Let me start that sentence over. Fox's new mutants cast is taking shape. Oh, yeah, some names. Let's get it. Come on, Targo. Young genre stars Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Yes. And Anya Taylor-Joy from The Vich and Split have both officially signed on to join the X-Men spinoff, which will be directed and co-written by Josh Boone behind The Fault in Our Stars. Both actresses have been tied to the project since last year, but now that Boone's flick has a green light and a release date... They've officially come on board. Taylor Joy will play Elania Rasputin, a.k.a. Magic. Nice. A teleporting sorceress who's also the younger sister of the X-Man Colossus. She teleports now? Um, She always teleports. Oh, she teleported with the sword thing. Yeah, okay. Dude, no, she... It's been a while. (laughs) No, she... The magic comes from she teleported to Limbo and got stuck there. Right, but I remember that being... And then learned magic. Okay. But I remember the teleporting being something she fell into. She she actually she would telep- summon a teleporting circle. Oh, uh, okay. You don't fall into it unless okay. she wants you to. Gotcha. And Maisie Williams will play Ronnie Sinclair, aka Wolf's Bane. Rain. That's what I said. A shapeshifter who can transform into a wolf or a wolf human hybrid. Wolf, wolf, wolf. Both are core members of the original New Mutants. Boom! Team a werewolf. <laughs> introduced by Chris Claremont and Bob McCloud in 1982. Except Although, she runs around going, rain, rain, rain. Yes. Uh, Boone, is, Boone is reportedly <laughs> eyeing a fairly traditional New Mutants lineup for the film, which will also include uh, Danielle Moonstar, Sunspot, Cannonball, and Warlock. New Mutants arrives April 13th, 2018. They're bringing in Warlock right in the beginning? Ooh, that's going to be a challenge. Hmm? Wow. Well, I think the character itself is going to be a challenge. I love it, but that's, but that's my favorite one. Love Warlock. Sunspot. There's another um, mutant thing out there too i saw a preview for it when i would have gifted seen gifted that's it yeah that's the unnamed fox one that we've yeah. been talking about it's probably it, named gifted yeah it finally has a name <laughs> and a teaser trailer yeah <laughs> fact check folks fact check he's Boom. on it 
Yeah, I saw the same preview for that. Yeah. It's all right. It looked okay. Maple Leaf, folks. Maple Leaf, he's on it. Yep. <laughs> it's a Canadian production. He has to be on it. Uh, some sad news. Uh, mm. Powers Booth passed oh, yeah. away. Yeah. Age 68. Booth will forever be a part of geekdom at large thanks to his roles in several movies and TV series such as Red Dawn, Sin City, 24, Deadwood, various Justice League animated series as the voice of Gorilla Grodd and the Avengers. Oh, yeah. Amongst the Emmy winnings actors, many roles. That was of saloon owner Cy Tolliver in HBO's Deadwood and Vice President Noah Daniels on 24. Power Booth's, uh, Powers Booth's final role was that as Gideon Malik on S.H.I.E.L.D. And we also lost Michael Parks at the age of 77. Parks' career spans close to 60 years. He started on television with shows like Gunsmoke and The Untouchables. It worked almost every year up until his death with roles in classic favorites throughout the decades like Ironside, Fantasy Island, Murder, She Wrote, and Twin Peaks. In the mid-90s, Park's career path would shift toward movies after being cast in Robert Rodriguez's From Dusk Till Dawn. He would go on to work with Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino in films like Grindhouse and Kill Bill, Volumes 1 and 2, while also adding roles in Argo, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, Tusk, and Red State, among others. So, two good ones gone. Yeah, that's really... uh, Powers Booth... Tombstone. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, Tombstone. Oh, my God. That was, that was just such a great movie. He was also, uh, before that, he was in a movie that is really hard to find. You can't even find a decent DVD of it. Um, Extreme Prejudice with Nick Nolte, yeah. Michael Ironsides, uh, Clancy Brown, uh, a few other actors <clears throat> where Nolte and... Uh, Booth and oh, and Rip Torn. Yep, and they're they're on opposite sides of the law. It's kind of like a modern western because it takes place contemporary, late eighties, early nineties, uh, but it's really kind of a, a modern western type of movie. And it's 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 a real good movie, um, in virtually impossible to find in a good quality uh, 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 copy. Yes. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. Because I mean, just, I, mean I don't know th- what VHS. No, and, there, yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no um, real official widescreen DVD release out. I've looked right. for it, hmm. and I could only find a real crappy pan and scan. You know, back when they were churning them out like crazy in oh, the yeah. blockbuster days. Hmm. It was funny because he he always played a very unlikable character in many cases. I mean, not always, but. And he was so good at it, but like by all accounts, he's a very likable guy in real life. Mm. And uh, uh, I, I still remember his uh, senator um, crap. What's the last crap. name? It, um, it's part of the first. Sin City in Sin City. The he plays, oh yeah, plays uh, Yellow Bastard's father. Yeah, and, uh, just yeah. you know, goddamn evil in that film. Yeah. and then of course the sequel too, which you know, not as good of a sequel yeah, Sin City 2 but, talk about but you know Aww. he was still good in that and then yeah absolutely in uh, uh, all those other films so, mm-hmm. yeah no it's terrible yeah I just looked up his IMDB and his first film is Goodbye Girl oh uh-huh. wow <clears throat> what the fuck was he in that he was in the cast of the Richard the Third thing that holy shit wow wow <laughs> I was actually checking because I was I thought it was in UHF but that's uh, Kevin McCarthy that's easy to... No, it's not. There's <laughs> some similarity. No, no, no. not really. No. no. Fine. No. 
Throw me under the bus, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bus can take Gladly. it. Yeah. Only a couple times it can take it. After canceling the TV show Timeless three days ago, NBC has had a change of heart. Yay. What? The network has uncanceled the time-traveling adventure series and giving oh, Timeless a second 10-episode season that will Somebody return. went back in time and changed their minds. <laughs> ah! Uh, the time frame of the show re- show's return has changed, though, and the uh, likely return being spring 2018 for a mid-season. Uh, Timeless <laughs> follows the adventures of history professor Lucy Preston, scientist Rufus Carlin, and soldier Wyatt Logan, who travel through time. Has any of it run yet? Or did they just cancel it before it even ran? No, it no, ran they, a whole it, season. Yeah. It ran a whole yeah. season. Well, wow. it, it was it was a short season. Like it, It's not quite... It was like a little bit more than a half season, but I really enjoyed it. I thought, you know... I think it's the characters on were likable. Yeah. Oh, good. I'll the characters are very likable. The premise was was interesting, and it just like each episode was was really you know intriguing, and you really wanted to see the next episode. In fact, it ended on a pseudo cliffhanger, um, and then you know right after the season ended, it was basically up in the air whether NBC was going to renew it mm. or not because. Apparently, all these sources were saying that uh, NBC was leaning towards canceling it. And I'm like, why? It was getting apparently decent ratings. So You think there's more science fiction TV series that end in cliffhangers and never continue than there other series? There are a lot, for sure. Because um, I'm trying to remember exactly how many yeah, episodes probably. of Timeless there were. Yeah. Certainly. Generally, genre, be it sci-fi, it's uh, canceled cr- suddenly. crime, yeah. something like that. Will will have more cliffhangers than regular mm-hmm. dramas, so that probably right there is what contributes. Right. Now on top of that, that they're generally more expensive to produce, so right. chance of them just falling off versus having a proper ending is a lot higher for right. that regard as well. Yeah, because the yeah the first season of Timeless only had sixteen episodes, so not quite a half season, but not not a full season, so. Yeah, and then plus the other thing that was really shitty about it is like they kept, um, they would have like a run of two or three episodes, and then there would be two or three weeks before they uh, would air the next episode. You yeah, know, makes for it rough. This mm-hmm. sport thing or that special report plus that sport thing. Well, and and the election uh, coverage was a big part. That of That election sport thing. <laughs> the election coverage this year, or last year rather, was a big part of it getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. I remember that, being really yeah. upset that they can't, they stopped Bewitched Mill, the episode for a news thing. Oh, yeah. And, and my parents were basically shushing me, shut up, shut up, shut up. Cause it was, this is important. It was Martin Luther King getting shot. That's very important. Oh, wow, like, yeah. I was... And you're like, God damn it, get back to the show! You were up 40? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I used to get upset at that too, but then it was always, well, in Kansas it, they would interrupt it with like weather alerts. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so there's a, we're just letting you know there's a tornado warning issued for this county and this time, and then that's like it might be an adjacent county, and mm-hmm. you're like, I don't care, yeah. go back to my episode. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> but then occasionally it would be like some really serious news, and you're just like, oh shit, go back to. And my you episode. forget all about your you know, movie, the movie or TV show you were watching. Those are ten in your backyard, just destroying your barn. Get back to my TV show, (laughs) yeah. Just picturing you flying up in a funnel cloud, holding, clutching the TV with a extension cord in the air. (laughs) Now, the closest tornado that ever came by my house was about a quarter mile away. Oh well, that's that's not close at all. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's still TV watchable to jam my house. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, when I was working at I McDonald's, the McDonald's, we were actually cowering in the basement <laughs> because the tornado skipped over us. Like it destroyed, uh, it destroyed the two restaurants on either side of like, us. Oh my god! But it McDonald's skipped is. over us. McDonald's paid the tornado lobby a lot of money for that. So that was you the know, scary you one. Be thankful because you can hear it. It's a little blasé about the tornado thing if they actually aren't you know hitting you. Yeah. <clears throat> now it, the thing about Jeff and the TV in the tornado is there would have been no extension cord, Andy. It's Jeff. He would have rigged up a little device to collect ambient static electricity <laughs> in right. the air and let it power his TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Built a lightning rod right in there. There you go. What was the name of that machine in Twister? What did they call it? Dorothy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Jeff with little fucking spinning ball things up there. Like. Tearing apart tin cans. <laughs> sensors. Uh, 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 his fingers are bleeding. Uh. <laughs> uh, Black Lightning is joining Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and DC Legends of Tomorrow on the CW for a full series order. Yeah, cool. I saw that. Starring Cress Williams from Heart of Dixie as Jefferson Pierce, a.k.a. Black Lightning, the newest superhero TV show to join the Arrowverse. Mm-hmm. Has has that character appeared in uh, any mm, of the shows? Not in the ones I've seen. Ah, not and yet. Will be executive produced by Greg Berlanti. Cool. Uh, the character was created for DC Comics back by in Tony 19- Isabella. By yes, that's just wow. All right. Mm-hmm. It's 1977 by Isabella and Trevor Von Eden. Mm-hmm. And in the upcoming TV series, Black Lightning is a retired superhero who has to put the suit on again to save his two daughters. Oh, that's an interesting take on it. Yeah. In the comic, he was a teacher. Okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's still a teacher in this. So he right, just retired, right. but yeah. No, that's that's, that's actually really cool. Like White Thunder? I don't think so. <laughs> it was Blue Thunder. No, no. And he was a teenager who ran oh, around with a lighter. Like black Lightning, and he would, White he, Thunder. He would like sit there and blow farts and light them on fire. Now, didn't that it, was his power? Didn't the character go through a few name changes? Wasn't it like Black Vulcan or something? No, at one that's, point? That's, that's, that's that's Super for, Friends. Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Friends. So that was just for the Super Friends that yeah. they renamed. Okay. I th- although I think Black Vulcan may have finally made it into the comics too eventually. Okay. Paleontologists from the Royal Ontario Museum unearthed a 75 million year old petrified fossil of a new species of ankylosaur in the Judith River Formation of Montana. I saw this. This is actually really cool. Story. It is. Yeah. Its ferocious horned skull and elongated torso prompted one nerdy scientist to suggest naming it after one of the brutish demon dogs from 1984's Ghostbusters. Mm. It's officially the Zul Curia Vastador. Now, this is the one with the skin? Yes. All right. And is supposedly, quote, one of the most complete and best-preserved skeletons of this group of dinosaurs ever found, unquote. And the specimen includes a complete skull, tail club, and well-preserved soft tissues. Originally existing 75 million years ago in the uh, uh, Campanian stage. Oh, so, Andy, you remember this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) He was, you know... Cranky, but not bad. A cranky anky? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make me say this again. <laughs> the Campania stage of the late Crustaceous period. Zool. Cretaceous. That's what I said. Zool. Crustaceous. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, go check the refrigerator. <laughs> uh, go ahead. Zool measured in at nearly 20 feet long. And tip the scales at more than two point five tons. It's imp- the, the, yeah. they've shown. Some, the, there were some pictures in the article I read on this that 
It's damned impressive how preserved this thing is. It looks like a statue. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. A, they're going to clone the fuck out of it. B, <laughs> it looks like a dinosaur. I mean, it looks like we've drawn dinosaurs for years. The yeah. skin looks right. like... Right. This one doesn't look like a bird. No. Yeah. Yeah. Ha! Take that, someone. Feathered paleontologist. <laughs> All right, here's, here's a little Mr. Dr. DNA. Grant. All right. Is that who you were trying to think of? Dr. Grant. Dr. Grant. Actually, I wasn't. I was oh. just... just my dear Dr. Grant. And I realized I was threatening nobody, so mm-hmm. I just ran with it. Because Grant's like me. He's a digger. Welcome to Jurassic Park. The cable network FXX. Oh, sounds awesome already. Has placed a 10-episode straight-to-series order for a new animated Deadpool series to air on the network in 2018. How the hell huh. did I do that? <clears throat> Community alum Donald Glover who won a Golden Globe for his acclaimed series Atlanta, is running the project along with his brother Stephen Glover, also writes for Atlanta. Marvel's Jeff Loeb and Jim Chory are attached to executive produce. FXX is looking to move aggressively, quote-unquote, into adult animation. Oh, so it's, oh, they're not yeah. they are not going to try and dumb down for kids. Not no, this be... is the same place hey, where Archer, my duck. This is. where Archer yeah, is. Okay. So. Good. That's well, perfect. And it seems like they're trying to compete a little bit more with like the Adult Swim and mm-hmm. so forth. Like Why that, not? They should just put Ooh. it on Adult Swim. Just rigor, wrangle a deal and just well, do it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they could put it on FXX like they're, they're going to. All right. <laughs> Looks like it. <laughs> I hope you're happy, Torgo. <laughs> Got what you wanted. Laura Croft star Alicia Vikander may soon exchange tomb raiding for some good old-fashioned monster hunting according to deadline the oscar winner for best supporting actress for a role in the danish girl is being eyed to star as the female lead in ben wheatley's upcoming monster film freak shift the premise stars on a bunch of cops on the hunt for subterranean monsters during their titular freak shift the title describes the movie as quote an all-guns-blazing action thriller about a band of misfits who hunt down and kill nocturnal underground monsters unquote uh, Wheatley co-wrote Freakish with his writing partner Amy Jump and will direct. Uh, free, uh, filming on Freak Shift should kick some time off in August, right after shooting on Tomb Raider wraps in the summer. In the middle there, you said Freakish instead of Freak Shift. Is that, yes. Is that uh, freakish is something else? I'm guessing Freakish is something else. Okay. So unless I just screwed the pooch on no, that no, down, which is very no, possible. No, no, no. On the Freak Shift. An ambitious or... Do I say mad? Italian neurosurgeon? <laughs> Both. Is scheduling the world's first human head transplant in December. Hmm. This Frankenstein-ish procedure will be conducted by Dr. Sergio Canavero on a 30-year-old Russian muscular dystrophy patient, Valery Spiridonov, I think. Please tell me. I love it. I love the... Spirit, <laughs> you just sort of died at the end there. That was. You awesome. give it a shot. Uh, apparently, Spiridonov's head will be separated from his body and put on as an African American body. Please, please. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? That would be hilarious. <laughs> Why's it got to be a black body for a 1982 comedy? Yeah, maybe? It would just be hilarious. That's all. <laughs> no reason. Just hilarious. No reason. <laughs> Like, Doc, I think you fucked up. Hey, I know what I'm doing. Oh, that's my Italian. Fuck it. <laughs> I got seven degrees. Don't question me. Uh, okay. You're trying to do Russian, Oh, no, yeah, maybe? sorry. Yeah. Yes. 
I think you should write up this screenplay and sell it to 1982. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Defrost Richard Pryor for it. <clears throat> Rosie Greer. Oh, yes. Thing with two heads. Apparently, Spiridonov's head will be separated from his body and reattached to the body of an unnamed brain-dead donor. Hmm. If all goes smoothly, this strange sci-fi procedure will enlist the assistance of more than 150 international doctors, nurses, and techs, and cost approximately $20 million. Holy. Mm. After severing the spinal cord using a special surgical knife designed to control cuts to one millionth of a meter, uh, Canavero hopes... God damn it. Spirit Donoff will regain <laughs> full or partial muscular control over his brand new body. Prior to reattachment, Spiridonov's head will be quickly frozen to prevent extreme bleeding. Right. In wow. December. Good luck. you got to keep Watch blood this flow space. to the brain to keep it alive. Jeez, that's going to be tricky as hell. I'd... Failure is always an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take credit for that one. That was a, that's a Mythbusters thing. <laughs> I, I've always loved that line, uh, too. <laughs> so they're trying to create the... Uh, they're trying to create the... Uh, Scientifically advanced butterfaces. Yes, no, that's the yeah. intent. That's yes, it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one up in a screenplay and sell it to 1978. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that just reminds me of that awful, sad story. The what was that on? It was was it on History or Sci-Fi? It was the the Mad Men of Mad Geniuses of Science, where they talked about really weird, true stories of scientists, and there was one guy who did head transplant experiments with uh, monkeys. Mm. And it was really awful. Because, Sounds awful. Because, of course, the, the the nerves didn't connect right, and the monkeys were basically would go out and then wake up uh, quadriplegic, and they would rarely last more than three days. And it was just... And they do little recreations that were low-budget recreations that just made the whole... The whole story just gas brought it to life. Mm. Yeah, it was just, like monkey puppets. Uh, mm. Oh uh, no, they just they had they well they might have been just, animated. Just crippled but a monkey. It was a monkey, and it <laughs> would be laid out, and then like a collar fixed to its neck, and it would sit there with this really sad look on its face. You'd find it hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Frankenhooker transplanting the head onto different bodies. Yeah. What a date! What a date! <laughs> I always love that box too. When they at the video store, only thing good about that movie is yeah. that box. Push the button. What a date! <laughs> the plot of pretty much every season of American Horror Story has been a closely guarded secret around effects, but creator Ryan Murphy has revealed where he's taking the show in season seven. Murphy has said during a recent seven already. Right. Wow. Murphy said during a recent episode of Watch What Happens Live uh, that the new season focuses on, quote, the election we just went through, unquote. (laughs) And he thinks it'll make for an interesting story for fans of both politics and horror, apparently. Uh, When asked (laughs) if the season would literally feature a Trump character, Murphy teased, maybe, unquote. (laughs) Yeah, good luck outracing reality on that one. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Truth is stranger than fiction indeed. Try and make up something crazy in what he's actually going to do. Come on, try yeah, it. Really. I dare this, you. This is a rerun. We've already seen this. As I say, maybe the wounds might be already a little too raw. It's like, I don't remember that scene in the real episode. <laughs> now, I 
I'm on the last episode of, but I've just recently nearly Luke finished uh, sixth season of <laughs> American Horror Story, and that's <laughs> been a really clever exercise. That's it now. It's it's. I love the premise. I haven't watched it, but I've I've seen the premise of it. It's in two parts, and I don't want to spoil the second part. But the first part is designed like those haunted house documentary series on, say, Discovery Channel mm-hmm. with the reenactments by actors. So it feels like that an episode of that. And it's about, it's well, it's American Horror Story 6, Roanoke. So if that tells you a little okay. bit about is it, it. Does it take place in that time period? No. Okay. But it has to do with the missing colony, of gotcha. course. And... Uh, revisiting to the haunted house idea that they did in the first one, but in this one, done much better in my opinion. But so season six so far, I'm mind you, I've I've missed like season two and three uh, of the ones I've seen. This has been my favorite. Cool. I, I love it's brilliant how they have like the two sets of actors playing each character because you have the you have the set of actors that are the quote unquote real life characters giving their interviews, and then they have the quote unquote reenactment. Characters mm-hmm. like Cuba Gooding Jr. is the reenactment actor in the in the. Are the, the real series. life actors actually not as attractive as the? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, that's good. That's it's good. actually really funny. It's super clever. It's, and, yeah. and when and when it gets halfway through and does its little switcheroo, it's even more clever. Nice. So, uh, kudos to American right. Horror Story. Wow. Still doing really good. You know the really the good. Roanoke mystery ain't much of a mystery, right? Right. right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is much more interesting than Roanoke ever was. Okay. Uh, star, oh, Saw star Tobin Bell is set to star alongside Noah Jupe from Suburbicon in a feature film adaptation of Stephen King's short story, My Pretty Pony. What? Uh, really? You, you're not familiar with that story? I'm not. A few are. A few are. Uh, originally, it was one of the most expensive Stephen King books you could mm-hmm. ever buy. It was only in... A short, limited, signed run. Mm-hmm. I remember it had like a digital clock on the front of it. And mm-hmm. that was the only way you could get it until Nightmare and Dreamscapes, that short story collection, came out. I have that. And My Pretty Pony cool. is in I'll that collection. Uh, if you're not familiar with the story, published in 89, follows an elderly man, quote, his death rapidly approaching, takes his younger grandson up onto a hill behind his house and gives the boy his pocket watch. Then standing amongst falling apple blossoms, the man also gives instruction on the nature of time, how when you grow up, it begins to move, fa- move faster and faster, slipping away from you in great chunks if you don't tightly hold on to it. Time is a pretty pony with a wicked heart, unquote. Hmm. It was the sixth publication in the Whitney Museum of American Art Artists and Writer series. The original limited artist edition of 250 copies was published in 1989, was an oversized fi- uh, fine press slip-cased book with stainless steel faceted boards and digital clock inset on the front cover. A trade edition of oh, 15,000 cool. later produced by Alfred A. Knopf and was later included in the collection Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Uh, Jake Luke Jaden is directing the film from a script he adapted. <laughs> Shooting will take place in Michigan uh, sometime soon. Wow. All right. My brother has been scanning pictures of my father's and found an old picture of an apartment I lived in in New Bedford, mm-hmm. which got my roommates and I. I posted it, and my roommates who lived in that apartment were reminiscing. Cause they only lived there for a couple months because it was a rat hole. It was, it was full of bugs. It was in the bad part of New Bedford, which is mostly bad part. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. New Bedford. And uh, it's we all pretty much slept in a central room and for the whole time we were there. Um, 
each on and, watch duty to get rid of the bugs. Well, no, for, <laughs> for some reason we got into Stephen King and like okay, the the most frightening reading of the Mangler was in that friggin' house. Yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> wow. Uh, one more news piece before we start talking about the movie. Uh, director Paul Greengrass, uh, behind Born Ultimatum, Captain Phillips, has officially signed on to helm the big screen adaptation of Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Andrieko's graphic novel Torso. Ooh, nice. Which tells the true story of Elliot Ness on the hunt for a serial killer. The film will be called Ness and has been de- in development at Paramount in pictures for years. The film will depict the true story of Elliot Ness's time after his Al Capone days mm-hmm. when he moved to Cleveland and got embroiled in the hunt of a serial killer who was leaving torsos in the river mm-hmm. and sending taunt-filled messages to police. Wow. And his job was something weird, was like safety inspector or something insane like that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. God damn, <laughs> God damn it, Andy. That's the first freaking pages. Wow. 13 people were killed between 1934 and 1938, and they took place while Ness was a city Safety director. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Safety yeah, director. Yeah. Okay. The murder. God, Torgo. <laughs> Spoiler much. The murders were. And we'll leave that off. Mm-hmm. The most recent da- draft <laughs> of the script was written by Brian Hedgeland, who wrote Green Zone. Headland? Fire. 40... Oh, Headland. It would have been great if he was headless. Hel- Helgland. Hogwarts. Holland. Hoggle. Hedgeland. Brian Hoggle. And Greengrass liked the script so much that he jumped on board to develop the film. Sure, you have no problem with Greengrass. <laughs> the studio hopes to get the film into production by the end of the year. Greengrass. So if you have not watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, this is Fuck where off. we say sayonara, friends. Oh, okay. And uh, join us once you have seen the movie, because from this point on... Why haven't you seen it? <laughs> to you. It is a spoilerific time. Until so gentlemen, everything again. on the table... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Let's talk. That Fucking open, love that it. opening scene was hilarious. Yeah. God, I can't think of an opening scene more fun than that in yep. ages. Yeah, that was ages. hilarious. I haven't been able to get Mister Blue Sky out of my head mm-hmm. for like a week, mm-hmm. and, and I like the song anyway. Right, so, so that's okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, God, I saw yeah. it twice. I saw it once in regular, yeah, and then I saw it in three D. And that scene is even better in three D. Oh my God, the, it, I was amazed because. It's very hit or miss with the 3D conversions. Mm-hmm. You know, they sometimes they're, they're now shooting films mm-hmm. to be converted to 3D, so they you know they do a better job with the depth of field and everything with the camera setups and mm-hmm. so forth. But this thing was so amazing in 3D. I mean, I I just was amazed at all the you know the interaction. It's perfectly fine in it. regular. Yeah, no, no, don't get me wrong. But but this a 3D does, does enhance it. It really does enhance the experience, the experience rather. So I did watch it regular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I missed the 3D aspect. Even though Jeff said it offered me to borrow his fancy 3D glasses. That he, he I bought like when Rogue One came out. They had like pretty decent, uh, you know, the. Uh, no, polarized, oh. the polarized mm-hmm. uh, 3D glasses, but they were in a decent frame that doesn't just crack and bend uh, and all that. Like, because that's the problem I get. Like when I go to the theaters, is you know they wash and then repackage those things, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have a giant scratch across the front or lots of little scratches that just really drive me crazy. So See, all the reading that I do is affecting my vision. So any yes. 3D glasses I wear has to fit over my regular glasses when uh, I go to the yeah, theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I, 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 um, Lewis was saying that a friend of his thought it was a kid's movie and hated it. Duncan saw Duncan said the same thing. He said, eh, it's too kidsy. And I'm like, 
What movie are you guys watching? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, I, I would go, <clears throat> my first impulse on that would be to go to the uh, color palette. Because mm-hmm. that is a gorgeous color palette. Oh, and yeah. I could see people instantly j- making a negative judgment mm-hmm. just based on that, despite the fact that it is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what a gorgeous movie. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the goofiness of it. The, the scene that I just died in is when when Chris Pratt and Kurt Russell start playing ball. Yeah, <laughs> they're playing catch. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, traditional father-son thing. Died. Yeah, I fucking died. It was just, it was absolutely. And then you had the touching scene where, um, I, I also mentioned this last week, Drax is talking about his family to Mantis, mm-hmm. and she reaches out and touches him and then loses her shit and starts crying. Mm-hmm. While Bautista is doing a great job of just sitting there with uh stoic uh, yeah mm-hmm. what we call flat effect where he's just it he's not reacting and that mm-hmm. was just phenomenal that was just amazing there were a lot of non-dialogue amazing moments mm-hmm. in this i well, mean just just the the touching moment between uh star lord and oh shoot what's his name real daddy ego oh ego other, oh other but, real daddy oh um Oh, Yondu, Yondu, That that moment in space where yeah. just yeah, looking like, at each other, all the, like three moments of realization. Mm-hmm. Like I finally right did there. something right. Yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. Oh and, man, and both I of their was eyes. Just like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. tears. My down eyes my face. are leaking. Yep, mm-hmm. completely. I, I lost it then. Yep. It, it was not just because I have daddy issues. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh and God. I feel what bad was his line? I forget the line. I. I I'm, I've got it. I'm Mary Poppins. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that was Mary Poppins, cool. y'all. Is Mary Poppins cool? He's like, is he cool? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah he's cool. Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> I'm no, Mary Poppins. I I, re- I get it wrong. I I think I reverse it. He he was like when he says to him like one of his last things is he might have been your father, but he wasn't your daddy. Yeah, yeah. Was that it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, very close to that. That was just like, ooh. Uh, I really was impressed with what they did with uh i mean they did a little with ant-man and michael douglas uh, but oh, and then yep. this one with uh with kurt russell mm-hmm. and what i was amazed to find out later on after i saw the movie was that that was mostly makeup was it really yeah there Seriously? was there was a little bit of cg wow. just a very little bit of cg but most of the de-aging they did with makeup because he looked kurt just russell. like kurt russell yeah. at that age so so it yeah little, it was it's a little heavy he was okay. a little jowly because okay. I, I actually had watched just by accident Escape from New York just recently. Mm-hmm. So Kurt Russell around that age, mm-hmm. I, I got a visual impression of him, and he is a little jowly. So the whole makeup with just a hint of CG makes sense mm-hmm. because I think that the the bulk mm-hmm. of Kurt Russell, if you get what I'm saying, was there. It was just smoothed out yeah. and, and planed out. You know, some subtle de-aging they did when the Hasselhoff shows up. Yes. It's, it's, it's Hasselhoff <laughs> in the 80s. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, oh, Jesus. And and, and I, lo- I know I'm skipping way ahead, but... Staying through the whole credit sequence right, with right. the with like the you know the characters dancing mm-hmm. and then the uh, the song that Hasselhoff uh, does uh, um, that he's singing throughout the end of the credits yeah, talking the about song, the Guardians. It is and, called uh, Guardians Inferno. Thank yeah. you very much. <clears throat> and <laughs> just just ridiculous, but no. so entertaining. And in, in the song, he says the uh, the his name the wrong the way that uh, um the what is it. 
Hasselfrau, Hasselfrau, or whatever she says. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the yeah, I am Groot suddenly switching over to the mm-hmm. actual person's name in the credits. But yep. some oh, of the most entertaining fun. credits I've seen in a long mm-hmm. time. They had good fun with them. Yep. Yeah. Just like uh, Deadpool. Right. And it yeah. was five. It was five, right? Yes. Five friggin' yes. yeah. 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 Yeah, the uh, the watchers walking out on Stanley, <laughs> and see, I I had originally thought Stanley was a watcher in disguise, but it right. turns out he was just a agent for the watchers. Mm-hmm. Right, right. In that, yeah, which that, that which was... is funny because that that um, Kevin Fige even said that is like you can actually have that apply to the entire <laughs> Marvel universe, not just. Marvel Studios cinematic universe, but you know the fact that he's now appeared in the Fox Marvel ones and the Sony Marvel uh, films. It's mm-hmm. just it's yep. really goddamn impressive yep. that they tied that all together. I was impressed using Ego as an interesting villain, mm-hmm. yeah, not just somebody to punch. And even though there was a you know defeat the boss battle at the yeah. end thing to it, I really loved. A complex villain, mm-hmm. and not to mention the fact that he brings up is like he's like and he's charming. He's like you can. Yes. He's like you keep shooting me, keep punching me. It's like it's this is just not really me, you know. Mm-hmm. The, the planet is real ego. This is just ego's avatar, and right. he just, you know, I love how they 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 played that in there, and it's like because you know Star Lord is so focused on the avatar at one point that mm-hmm. he's ignoring the fact that they have a lot of work to do to get him, you know. Oh, defeated. I'll tell you. I mean, first of all, anything Groot is doing is hilarious through yeah. almost the whole thing. Baby, but Groot. the him with the him with the bomb at the end. Yeah, with yeah. Boop, boop. This one. No. <laughs> but, I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. No. The, no! <laughs> but the but that scene. The tape scene. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the whole tape scene. All of that takes place. The focus on those two staring at it, and all the action, all the dialogue is off screen. <laughs> It's hey, hilarious. Guys, you got any tape? No. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Did you ask? Uh, uh, shit. What was her name? Uh, Nebula. Nebula. <laughs> no, but she was right there. Like, you didn't ask her. <laughs> I've always been a fan of James Gunn's work. Yes. This movie launched it into a whole. Now I am a James Gunn superstar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I came out of this. I'm like, God, yep. I want to be in a James Gunn movie. I so can't. Bad. I, I'm sorry, Shock Monkey. I can't remember who posed the question. Who has the better soundtracks t- on, on the Shock Monkeys layer, James Gunn or Quentin Tarantino? Right. And I still say Quentin Tarantino has the best soundtracks, mm-hmm. but I don't can't think of any movie has a better use of soundtrack than this one. Oh man, and, it, it all blended together so well. I mean, not only that, but it was a part of the story. Yeah, exactly. and Gunn pulled out some songs that are like pretty damn obscure. I mean, yeah, he pulled some right stuff up Andy's like, wheelhouse. Whoa, yeah. it, it, it there was some, there a couple I didn't know. Listen, I almost saw them live. Listen, man, <laughs> that's all yacht shock. Uh, sorry, yacht rock beauty, mm-hmm, and, yeah. and yeah. that's one of my favorite genres of music. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I was in heaven all movie yep. long. Uh, the scene where Yondo and... Uh, Yondu. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Yondo, they're attracted. Yondo Calrissian. <laughs> Get the fin. It looks like this. Huh? No, that's not it. Oh, yeah, no. Right. You need to go back. That's a desk. How did you get his eye? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> please, please tell me you got a freezer oh with the guy's toes in it. Nope. I'll never oh. talk about this again. Dude. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk uh, rocket, about... Uh, sorry, Rocket. Kitty movie? Yeah. What about that fucking uh, blasting out the airlock scene? Oh god, yeah. that was with awful. With the crew, and then yeah. The, yeah, that just that sea of frozen souls yeah. out in the vacuum of space. I was yeah. just sitting there. I'm like, 
I don't think this is appropriate for kids. So uh, no, this is not a kids movie. Yeah, that Sean was... Gunn actually gets to act in this one. Yeah. He's got some major roles in it, role right. major parts in this. And I totally was thinking of you, Torgo, when he brings the little Zune out at the end. He's like, this is what all the, the kids are listening to these days. It holds 300 songs. And I, I'm like, he pulls out the Zune, and I'm like, Torgo. Before I even saw the movie, I had several shock monkeys send me Zune stuff uh, <laughs> through various social media. And I appreciate it. But when I hit that scene, I'm like, now I know I'm getting Zune stuff. Yep. All right. Now, I, 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 I know we kind of touched on it last week, but... I kind of understand what people's arguments about that like, there's too much drama and it's it's not as lighthearted as the first one. It's like, well, I it kind of makes sense that this would be the evolution of these characters who have been spending the last three years together, mm-hmm. because you know, forming these, you know, family bonds, but still kind of being at a distance because they don't want to let their true feelings show. And then now in this movie, those feelings start slipping through and they, you know, start relating to each other as a family and, you know, referring to each other as a family as well. So ongoing character development. Yeah, I know. Ongoing series. How amazing. I know. It's like it's (laughs) like I I just I hate that argument. It was like, oh, there's too much drama. It's like, well, drama is going to be a natural progression of a group of, you know, discards, if you will, that are now together trying to make something of their lives. It was a lighthearted movie with heavy yes. moments. Yes. And that is hard to pull exactly. off. Exactly. It yeah. really is difficult yeah. because every you, it's that, that emotional roller coaster, you have to get it just right because otherwise it just does not work. And this this movie worked so well. Every scene with Drax and Mantis in it sang. Yes. Yeah. I love their their relationship. They're back and forth. I also love the line the grumpy puppy is so cute, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, can I pet him? And just seeing look him through the face, like, like you see the work he does, he's like, yes, you can. You know, like, and then he's like, oh, that's, a part of, that's a joke. I did a joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, Drax, he, Batista, I think, stole the show for me, mm-hmm. his character in that movie. He's yeah. Batista's grown leaps and bounds as an actor. Mm-hmm. He was just, I mean, the sheer... The sheer joy he took in every battle when he comes out of every battle mm-hmm. and he's just laughing and and just have it it's it was that well, was really well the cool. scene yeah. you were talking about with with where they're staring off into the lake and then these being all stone faced right that that one scene lets you go back to all the other scenes you've seen where he's making that like, same expression you know that he's in pain he's yeah, feeling that the like whole time just but, below the surface yeah. and he's doing everything yep. he can. Mm-hmm, yep. To keep from just a great less is more, yeah. and fabulously uh, illustrated mm-hmm. by Mantis losing her shit when mm-hmm. she when she touch, reaches out and touches right. him. Just absolutely great. Who mm-hmm. killed his family again? Ronan, right? Was it Ronan or Thanos? It was um, R- R- Ronan. Ronan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, he was. He hated uh, Gamora because she was with Ronan when it all happened, and mm-hmm. blah blah blah, and. But yeah, it was Ronan. And what a fantastic breakdown of uh, Brandy, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like, whoa, that is exactly what the song is about. Ah, yikes. I was always, I always noticed it was a, it's a cute little song, but it was always like a little creepy thing behind it. Sure. Yeah, and now that, that just nails it right there. I that's, mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. That's what I'm talking about with Gunn making this movie mm-hmm. about the soundtrack, about the movie in mm-hmm. a full circle. Right. That, that song is... Integral the plot. Yes. Yeah. And the, the sisters kind of reconnecting to mm-hmm. to a level where, 
you know, she like hugs her at the end, but she's all just, <laughs> you know, it's like somewhat standoffish, but you could see that like right below the surface, she's like, okay, I have my sister, but I can't let it show that I it's affecting me. And yeah, very. Yeah. And Marvel was big about doing that for a while. They'd have a villain turn into a hero eventually. I mean, uh, Hawkeye starts off as a villain. Yeah. Um, yeah, Vision starts off as a villain. A bunch of characters off on start off as villains, and I think Nebula did that. I think Nebula, yeah, crossed over at some point. Star One, I'm <sighs> sure. And, and, and it's funny because like she never, she never let on that she had crossed over because it was more like you know, well, this is just in my best interest right now, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know, this is you know, now I have to go kill Thanos and blah 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 blah. It's just it was all. And this is only going to make sense for you yeah. and me, but. The difference between her Nebula and her Amy Pond. Oh, night and day. Astounding. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Night and day. And I have to give beautiful kudos to Marvel to actually showing Ego as Ego looks as a planet. As a planet, Mm -hmm. In the comics for just that one scene and not pussying out like they did with, uh, like Fox did with the Galactus and Rise Mm -hmm. of the Silver Surfer. Now, is he really just a brain in the center of the planet? Because that's something I had never... As, that I have no idea. Yeah, that I'm not sure, but I have the seen the depictions of Ego, and that's what Ego looks the, like. The giant the face, planet yeah. face. face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I did love when he's describing his his origins, where you have this this brain in the middle of space, and then the brain starts building a planet around itself. Yeah. And, and that, that was, that was just that was really so, neat. All those bones in Ego's, which, first of all, creepy. Let's throw some bones in your own body. Um, right. Are we led to believe that uh, Yondu brought all those kids back to him? At or least some have, of them, most of them, if or some of them. That yeah. was like thousands of bodies. Because that was like that was like Yondu's thing was uh, once he found out what he was doing. That's why he didn't give up Peter. Right. And I would say there's more doing it than just Yondu. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. It would have to. He would have to have hired more. Yeah. More Ravagers, probably. Yeah. yeah. I do have to say though, a, a nice little. You know. It was sad they didn't have scenes together, but the whole kind of tango and cash Easter egg of having mm. uh, Sylvester Stallone and <laughs> Kurt Russell in the same film oh, for that me was because that was a fun movie. I didn't even think about fun, that. It's <laughs> a fun, fun, brainless movie. You know, late eighties. The fun part I had with that was uh, I went to see it with um, Celestia and Rob Sundin, and Rob came to me after the movie and goes, the the group was Stallone. Who were they? <laughs> I'm like, well, the Guardians of the Galaxy. No, no, no. The ones with the Stallone. Ravagers, they're the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that you know they're they're, they're the they're the Guardians of the Galaxy from the seventies. Okay, yeah, those are all the yeah, characters. The the crystal guy was Martin X, mm-hmm. and then the different shots they went the uh, Ving Rhames. Uh, Ving Rhames is in the the final scene. The, yeah, the, they, and he's Charlie Twenty Seven, yeah. who's the Jovian, the mm-hmm. the big strong guy from Jupiter, um, and then Stallone. Doesn't look like him at all, but Stallone is Starhawk. Right, and his got name the, is the actual name of Starhawk. He's got the arcs going over his shoulder right, the that little, the, the and, Starhawk does in the comics. That, yeah, that's a little touch to that. Yeah. Did yeah. you uh, catch who played Martin X? No. It was the uh, same actor that played Lex Luthor in Smallville. Okay, that was that same character. Really? Actor. Yeah. Oh, Mike Rosenstein. Yeah, Michael Rosenstein. Or Rosen- wow. Rosenbaum. Wow. Rosenbaum or Rosenbaum? Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum. Yeah. yeah. Wow! I missed him. Where that? He's he's all in crystal. He's so the you couldn't tell who he was. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, the little snippet of Howard the Duck, this the uh, yes. Green Howard the Duck, <laughs> really makes me think they can they might be able to pull it off. I think time. they could pull off the movie yeah. as a CG because he looked. I'm trying to think how to, he looked more 
animatronic animated, even though it was a fully CG character. You didn't look in at the midget one. in a duck suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I think they could pull that off as a no. full movie, or as maybe like a, you know, one of those little side mini movies like yeah. they have on the DVDs. I and the dusted Blu-rays. off my, um, I dusted off my my giant volume of a whole bunch of the early Howard the Ducks and was reading some of those. By about issue four, they ca- they catch his stride and is a the master of quack foo issue. Okay, is just dead on exactly wonderful parody of uh, the culture of violence. I mean, it's an incredible little you know uh, one issue takedown of the culture of violence and and glorifying violence. Huh. And it's just. Yeah, it was always a very heady book, quietly, on the side. That's my understanding. Yeah. But, uh, I never really read it. Yeah. Speaking of the extra scenes, um, showing that birthing chamber for Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I, I, he was in the collector's room yeah. at the first Guardians of the Galaxy, and it was open already yeah. or something. Uh, so who the hell is that? Well, we have to assume that the one in the first movie was some birthing chamber that he'd stolen that was not Adam Warlock. Yeah, it might have been one of the, the perfect people. Um. He might have grabbed a maybe that's champion. how they're born or something. Uh, it, I felt the like sovereign. such a schmuck because I watched that whole movie, and it's not until you see the birthing chamber that I'm like, ah, Warlock, he's totally gold. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like such an idiot because I just didn't even. And the makeup on that's pre- perfect. I totally believed the, the makeup on that. The gold good. makeup. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, that I believe was, those people were all gold. Sure. Yeah. That was crazy good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, love the all the spaceship fighting scenes, all <laughs> oh the, the, the yeah. swarm scenes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the, the remote pilots and everything. What that video game were the sound effects from? Galaga. Galaga. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense because because sw- the way they swarm, swarms, and yeah. it also goes back to that man's playing Galaga. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that man's playing Galaga. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> mm-hmm. And AMT Mobius Airfix. Somebody make a model kit of that ship of the Guardians of the Galaxy. The um, Milano? The Ravager ship or the, the, the Sure, I'll take either one. Because <laughs> those are some great looking yeah. ships. Oh, my God. Yeah. Great production design. Mm-hmm. Great artistic direction. Just So it what? Great. So it could stay in your pile where Babylon 5 is? <laughs> oh! Shut up! Oh! You <laughs> wow. You ought to give him that one. <laughs> Bitter. Bitter. I don't have that station. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah, another great scene. Rocket, rocket taking out all the ravagers. That was rocket so doing funny. some rocket shit. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Just laughing his way the whole time, yeah. <laughs> snickering in the trees. <laughs> it was killing me. Yeah. Just so full of fun, fun moments. Taser face. Taser, <laughs> taser face. Holy <laughs> shit, yeah. You named yourself Taser face? <laughs> yeah. Wait, and the button of that is when he's talking to the sovereign yes. woman, and she, and she laughs at him if it's about taser face. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, it's all that stuff that just, it, uh, with all the, the pathos involved as well. His skin is too thick Done. from the outside. I'll have to get him from the inside. That makes no sense. This, this thing is getting inside is going to be just as thick. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then little baby Groot waving. And then, what are you doing? Hi. Gamora back. He's like, he's like, waving. And she's like, hi. Oh. <laughs> so, did we say it on here? Or did somebody, I hear somewhere else that they actually, there's a script out there where Vin Diesel is given Groot's lines 
but they're actual the lines that he's saying. It's not I am Groot, it's whatever the translation is. So when he's saying I am Groot, he knows what he's saying. Uh, that makes sense. That yeah. would make sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that somewhere. For him yeah, to okay. emote. Because like, it really, you really get it at the end when he's teenage With Groot. a teenage Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess they're making a teenage Groot Funko, just let you know. Oh, nice. oh shit. Person. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so are we, guys, are we is that 32, 32? Is that where we're at? No, he's got me beat. Do, we, do you have him beat? <sighs> Uh, I actually have lost count. <laughs> What's Andy going to do now? <laughs> I'm going to make you count because I got stuff. I got good ones now. I actually ordered my Iceman last night, so June I'll have 33. Oh, my. So you're really? you're ahead till June, Karsten. Mm, All right. I, I don't know. I could be ahead even past June. All right. Get a count Ice for next month. count. Marvel Iceman? Because Man I will say. Or <clears throat> Top Gun Iceman. Uh, no, no. Oh, yeah. Wait. Oh, my <laughs> God. No, Marvel Iceman. Okay. Top no. Gun Iceman. No. That would be cool. Have a Maverick and a Top that Gun Iceman. That would be Ice cool. Man. I see what he did there. <laughs> now, I said I didn't take anything out of this this Jamie Pirano box. Yeah. Except I did. I forgot about that. Uh-oh. I I skimmed off the the uh, hero with the uh, of Bob, course you uh, did the Funkos. Funkos, there's Funkos. So in I there. have Funkos and you have good ones. So I need a count for next week. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, go home. Man. Count your Funkos. <laughs> go. Funkos. Well, that's funny. If you've got good ones, then I've got twenty nine <laughs> at home. Imagine that. I just lost them a whole collection of fire. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, so I got home. Paulette <laughs> sold them so we could make a house payment. You know what? Go Funko yourself. Oh. 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 Look at Jeff. Oh. How should they Funko themselves? Write to us. Comments at uglycowshow.com. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but until next week, I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Funko check Dandy. Funko Matt. Oh, Funko <laughs> both of you. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. This is Funko Ridiculous. There's, there, there's a boardroom in Everett, Washington going, excellent. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> All a bunch of Mr. Burns. Excellent. I know. It's like, yeah, you and me with our 70 I, yeah, total yeah. Funkos. We're we're just there's... totally making the empire work. No. Yeah, because you see pictures of people with their entire walls of their house covered oh in them God, now. Oh, my God. It's like... I still remember when I went into the that hot topic that one day and oh, yeah. the, the the entire wall and that's like a friggin' yeah, it's 12, probably, 15 foot tall. Yeah, exactly. And then there are people whose homes are like that, mm-hmm. which blows my mind. Yep. I can't I couldn't be a completist cuz that would break me. Right? I don't think you could because they don't stop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why I pick one line and ran, ran with it. Yeah. But it I was amazed you. It's a band yeah. that did Mexican radio, right? Wall of Funko? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's I one. was amazed at the Twin Peaks line because I was just like, oh, shit. All the Twin Peaks characters. There's Dale Cooper. It's amazing. You got excited by the up. Funko Twin Peaks? Not th- not enough to buy them, oh, okay. but I was yeah, excited like, at the fact that I was like, that they cool. exist. They're there. They Dude, exist. I still like your um, Marshmallow Man down there. That one. I do like that one a lot. That was that was an excellent gift from Kirsten. You better keep an eye on that. I love the, the toasted. <laughs> I saw that and I, I was like, oh, shit. you know okay, what? Don't worry. The toasted Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. And then of course my uh, that- Marty and the DeLorean Funko. I get to see him once a week. <laughs> you get to visit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and he just sits there on that low shelf. Yeah, I know. Not, just, even, not even full in <laughs> full on <laughs> face. Like the little gremlin from uh, Faces of Evil, or what is what's that? The little pygmy doll. Oh, the Zuni yeah, fetish yeah. doll. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Matt didn't make his rounds through the collection to see the new stuff this week. Oh, oh one of those? Oh, Jeff nice. added one piece. Oh, okay. I had actually added a couple, Let's but, see. you know, that's fine. Uh, old Star Trek record, uh, communicator. Yes. Hmm. Hmm. What else did you add? Hmm. Well, I Cur- guess technically the other one was last week. <laughs> okay. Right okay. 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 What did you add to the collection? Right, I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole box of stuff that'll probably Pete's get added. Breaking into oh, Torgo's man. house to put stuff on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And thanks and then, again, Jamie, for the box of goodies. Yes. My word. We yeah, can't really. wait to go through it all here. Except for the Funko part. Mm. <laughs> which which will cause fights and blood. Yes. That's right. I'm still reading the uh, Gunslinger series. Yeah. I, I'm, okay. on, I'm on a full tear. I'm on book four now. Whoa. Yes. Wizard in Glass? That Wizard in Glass. Okay. About a quarter of the way through that. Uh, a lot of people warned me that that's kind of been the, kind of the drag one for uh-huh. them. Uh, that book's 860 pages long. Yeah. So I can see that being a, an endeavor yeah. for just about anybody. That's almost three books. Yeah, no <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. I started so, hitting the wall around 200, 250 pages myself. But The Wasteland, really impressive. I don't know if... For me, that's when the series just really kicked mm-hmm. into gear. Mm-hmm. And it made me really want to get that Stephen King children's book that he just released a couple months ago, uh, Charlie the Choo Choo. So if you read Gunslinger, I'm sure you already know oh. it exists. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He made an actual children's book of that book that's referenced heavily in the Wastelands. Oh. Interesting. So the Dark Tower has a children's book out there. But uh, but it still continues. And as the uh, Geek Shock uh Book Club still continues. We're still talking about Old Man Logan and I Hate Fairyland. And I'll be throwing my two cents about Fairyland here pretty soon. Uh, although I still haven't reread Old Man Logan because I don't know where Kirsten's copy is at the moment. Well, <laughs> it's apparently my copy's with Jeff. Maybe. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, gone. Wow. Where'd I you hide your copy, Logan? Write us a... Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that I Hate Fairyland cover... Because oh. I was like, ah, I'll, I guess I'll try to read this because, you know, and, and then I saw the cover and I'm like, oh, boy, this looks fun. Looks I have fun. to say, that was a fun read. I uh, I actually read it to my girlfriend. I just read the whole thing, volume one, straight through. And it was fun to read it out loud with voices. Oh, that was a joy. Nice. So when we get Patreon, will that be a uh, will that be one of the rewards? I don't think an I'm audio, allowed an to do that. An audio of you doing that? I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll read something I'm allowed to read. Like, Reading uh, with Torgo. Like uh, I love some Lovecraft stories or something. Yeah. I'm allowed to do that. The Bible. Mm-hmm. I'll read the, yeah, Torgo reads the Bible. <laughs> Torgo That's, reads the Bible. Come on, dude. Selected, admit, selected scenes. If, in if, the beginning. If we were to do a, a dramatic reading of Book of Revelations, mm-hmm. that's oh. right up Horror's Alley. You're right. For I, I, Valentine's Day, we'll do a Song of Solomon. God. <laughs> Yikes! Your breasts are like twin towers. <laughs> yeah, but maybe if once you guys get the Patreon off the ground, maybe I'll do some audio recordings of some good right. classic ghost stories. And yeah, get cracking, Jeff. I'm just waiting for some some things. All right, right. Yeah, don't fall forget. Into place. Don't forget, you know the 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 the, the notes on uh, my uh, portrait. Oh yes. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, things to come. Ooh. Mm. And end it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't tell me what to do, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> press that goddamn button. Nope. Is that you gonna press the universal? Ever because of you. <laughs>
He's going to just unplug it and erase the whole damn thing because of that. You and your livage wa- living wage pays. <laughs> and, you know, and, and health care. <laughs> providing. I'm not stopping the show out of jealousy. Lack of guns. 